Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Football is back, and we have you covered each weekday afternoon on OutKick's Hot Mic with Hutton with Rowe. Some of the best football guests, from Armando Salguero and John McClain to Trey Wallace and Bobby Carpenter, plus the top headlines and reaction to the college football and NFL weekends. The Chiefs go for dynasty mode with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. They're the favorite, right? Yeah, they have to be. The AFC goes through Arrowhead, but the Bengals and Jets, they're all in to reach Vegas, and the Bills and Dolphins are also confident. Withrow, what about college football? Can you say three-peat? That's what they're hoping to say in Athens, Georgia, as the Bulldogs continue their march to college football dominance while a cast of usual characters led by Michigan, Ohio State, and Bama nip at their heels. There's plenty of craziness on a week-to-week basis. Pull up to the bar with us each weekday afternoon. We're streaming live 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern across the OutKick Network. Podcasts available everywhere, and always check out OutKick.com. NFL and college football covering your favorite teams. OutKick's Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. At Crocs, the personalization possibilities are endless. Purple clogs with butterfly gibbets charms, yellow sandals with gemstones, maybe the signature white classics decked out in beach theme charms. It's up to you. And whichever combination you choose, it'll be one in a million, just like you. Shop your favorite combo of comfy classic styles and gibbets charms at crocs.com. That's C-R-O-C-S.com. Hey, welcome to CORE, everybody. This is CORE for July 13th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz. John Jagger's out today. He's, uh, you know, watching kids. Well, kid. Uh, We hope he has no blowout-type diapers or any kind of problems tonight. I hope it goes well and smooth for him. But yeah, he's busy being a dad tonight. And, uh, you know, like last week with me gone, today is John's time. To be gone, John, Bo. How do you feel about us uh, on this boat? Just the two of us, two paddles. Land. I mean, like I said on Twitter, I've been really excited. I feel like it's kind of like this weird exercise where I get a one-on-one with John, yeah, and I get a one-on-one with Scott, yeah. You know, it's it's a nice change yeah. up to things. I think our listeners too would appreciate the dynamic, and and we'll reunite for Endgame. That's right. We'll come back together for Endgame and defeat Thanos once and for all. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but anyway, we hope John's doing well. And uh, by association, Alexander, who needs John for sustenance. Uh, I think that's important that dad's around for that stuff. So, Yeah, I'm really impressed uh, that John's volunteered to do breastfeeding. It's a, right? I know. My, uh, yeah. yeah, you don't lactate right away either. You got to work on it. You got to, like, um, squeeze stuff and, like, work it and uh, get oh, it stimulated. Oh, I, I probably should take notes. I don't know this stuff. If I have a kid, I need to know. Oh, it's really important to know. You need to, um, you don't just automatically have some like reservoir of man milk ready to rock. You gotta. Is it like taking a washer off a pipe? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's exactly like that. Okay. Oh my gosh. You saying pipe really 
made me have memories. Look, if you don't listen to my other shows, you haven't heard the story, and it's fine that you didn't. But let's just say, here's the simple story. Last week, I wasn't on the show for two two very important reasons. One, I was extremely ill. The whole house had like a stomach virus, and our power or our our um, water was gone for three days during that time. It was the one of the worst experiences of my entire existence. That being said. I'm really glad to be back this week. All right. So thanks for all your nice comments and everything. That was nice. Also, I got to tell you about this guy I saw today. I'm outside. And uh, this guy's walking by the house. I'm out on the porch and I am playing on my Steam Deck. Or excuse me. Yeah, my Steam Deck, not my Amber Deck. Steam Deck. So I got my Steam Deck and I'm holding it there. And I'm playing a retro game. It's sort of retro. I'm playing uh, Hot Shots Golf Open Tee. Uh, for the PlayStation Portable, the PSP, I'm emulating that and playing that on my on my Steam Deck. So I'm playing a little golf, just chilling, getting ready for core, relaxing a little bit. I like to do that before big shows and that kind of stuff. Guy walking by, and he can hear the machine going. He can hear a little bit of sound coming coming out of me and my Steam Deck. And he goes, I don't know who this guy is. He's got a dog I've never seen before, sunglasses, and a hat pulled down way low with the brim super curved. And he goes, hey, what you playing, Fortnite? And I go, <laughs> oh no. And I go, um, no, it's, uh, and I didn't know what to say. What am I going to say? It's an emulated game from 2005 uh, called Op- Hot Shots Open Tea. It's a golf game. You might enjoy it. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, you might have said that, but you not use it. he's using the sports intonation, right? Yes. Yeah. How about that hockey game over there? You're not supposed to say, the hockey game was wonderful. You're supposed <laughs> to say, ah, and you know, damn Maple Leafs, you know, like, he, it's 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 the context, not the words. Yeah. That's I, that's my impression based on how you've described it. He's like, "Hey, what you playing over there? Fortnite? Fortnite? You got the Fortnite? Like, is that's just the assumption? If someone's playing video games in 2023 and you're not a gamer type and you think you're beyond all that or something, your assumption is, well, they must be playing Fortnite because that's what everyone's playing or something. It also, just threw me. Threw me. The, I'm experiencing this too. Um. That kind of context is like dad talking to son, right? Right. Oh, what you doing on a N- Nintendo over there? And you're like, it's Nintendo, dad. Or, you know, like, like, so like, but it's someone your age or in the vicinity of your younger, maybe like, I don't know. Like how he looks 40s, 45. He wasn't 80, right? No. Like, he's not like, no. hey, Shorty, what you're playing over there? And then, you know, you're like, I'm just playing some video games there, old man. Yeah. You know, like whatever. But like, right. You're like, oh, he's of my age. Yeah. I, yeah. How do like, I? Re- how do you respond to someone like fronting like they're old? I should have said, "Hey, no, you're out there. Or- uh, you're walking your pet, are you? What is that? A cat?" I should have said that, you know, right. just to equal his his uh, ignorance. Yeah, or he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm playing Fortnite and telling these showing these kids what for." You That's know, right. like, what what? If they were eighty, like you said, that would be better. Because then I would have gone, all right, Grandpa. He knows what's up. Video games are. Am I right? He's heard of this Fortnite. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. This, this guy just looked like he should know better. Also, it's a weird thing to yell of a stranger. Also, what am I supposed so to say? So it makes me feel like he's one of those. Mm, yeah. Those people our age who still insist that, because I meet them and I get a little depressed, like, oh, the world's going in a handbag and mm. this politician's stupid and no oh, dummies in their video games. When are they going to play the real game? And, you game know, this is those too cool for school people. And I'm like, when they're my age, I am just like, you should know better. Yeah, I don't want to. Why, be why are you trying that. to be like the previous generation? They had plenty of time. Oh yeah, 
like go have have some fun and be cool like stop trying to like I don't know. I just I get really irritated when people like that. And I, it strikes me as a what are you doing playing Fortnite over there? Yeah, like as in like you know you're being foolish by playing a video game or you're just you're having a laugh, right? I know what I should have said. Now I should have said uh, when he says, "Hey, what you playing Fortnite?" I should have said, well, "What do you care, Senator Lieberman? I turned the blood off. Don't you know?" I could have gone all full '90s games yeah. are killing our kids kind of vibe and just get, put him in a whole place, but I didn't. I didn't have but, the wherewithal um, to think of it. Yeah, he, he he's he's not a game. Like, this is a person that doesn't play games. I no. don't think he's probably got kids. What were you playing? What were you playing again? I was playing Did that uh, open tee freaking old ass uh, Hot Shots golf game on my on my. Uh, <laughs> Steam Deck. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, because I was gonna say like, oh, you know, if you were to respond back to like, I'm playing Chrono Trigger, and see what his reaction would be. <laughs> but you're actually playing golf, which is kind of fine. Yeah. But if you're gonna yell that out, it sounds like an old man game to people. I'm just playing golf there, Ted. <laughs> You'd probably be like, fuck yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> that's so, what I should have done. I should have leaned into, yeah. or you know what, lean into the truth. I'm playing a golf game. That's all I should have said. He's being a bro, and you know, yeah. in, in, this, these aren't our stripes, you know. No. Yeah. And it's always stunning when it happens to you. Mm-hmm. I have the same problem. If somebody from a car is like, yeah. They don't do that to me very much, so I don't know what else they'd say after. But up there to say like, "Yeah, you yeah, go, you go," I'd be like, Bo. "I'd be like, woo," you know. <laughs> like I said, what I, I I didn't get that. I got a young guy telling me like, uh, "Look at this effing guy." Yeah, what the hell's up with this guy? And I'm like, "Okay, great. It's a pudgy forty year old with super long hair, and they're all like skinny eighteen year olds, drunk. Mm. They're like, I'm seeing a male, but he has long hair." Mm-hmm. Whoa. It was like a major, and I'm just like, I had my headphones in, I had K-pop blasting, it was like 12, I was coming home from my friend Mike's house, and I'm like, don't engage. No. You it may not go well. You don't fit into whatever their their vision of you is. You're not, you you don't have to adhere to their their uh, standards. I just wanted Screw to avoid guys. an altercation. Yeah, you're a nice guy, you don't want to fight. Who wants to fight? No. Nobody. No. Although I still occasionally get this overwhelming urge if I see skater kids at a, at a, uh, in the parking lot of like a gas station or something. Mm-hmm. I just want to stop and freak him out. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to actually fight anyone, but there's this weird thing in me. And my sister, Wendy, the professional therapist has also admitted to this, to this feeling. It must be a Johnson thing. We've been so repressed for so long. I don't know, but we'll pull, we'll pull past somewhere where there's just like skater kids. And I, mm-hmm. when I was young, I was, I had a skateboard. I was into it. I hung around and loitered around gas stations. I understand I've been there. I actually really have no problem with it, but there's still part of me when I see it, I want to get out of the car and go, hey! you know, and just freak them out. Just, just put the fear in them. I don't know why. Just get this feeling once in a while. I never do it, but I want to. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens in the future. I don't know. Is it, is it come from a place of anger or is it just trolling? I think it's just trolling. I think there's a tendency yeah. in all of us to want to troll a little bit and, that's I mean, it could be fun to mess with people. So yeah, if it's trolling, it's cool. Yeah, but I never do. So it. If, you're, if you're just like, I would need to feel better, so I want to yell at these kids, and I was like, oh, we might have a bullying problem, Scott. Let's talk about it. I mean, there might it might like, be. I really just want to put somebody down. It would make my day. I just remember, you know, you would get adults who give you shit when you're young, and so when you when you're their age, you start to kind of like, well, I want to do one of those is like once. I just want to freak them out or. You know, let them know they threw a snowball at the wrong car. I don't know. I just want to, 
I just want to, because they're going to remember that. They're going to have this experience and go, oh, this dude at the gas station completely freaked out. And, oh, we got out of there. We barely made it out of there without, you know, but yeah. what they don't I mean, know. if you're doing it for fun, it's one thing. But like where I was picked up from the bus stop as a kid, yeah. it was on the corner and it was a guy's lawn. And the guy would hate when we stand on his lawn. He'd come up and be like, ah! <laughs> Really? And, and it was scary, but sometimes we'd be like, let's stand on this jerk's lawn. <laughs> like, you know, like, it made us want to do it more. So as long as you're not genuinely getting mad, because that's like fodder for kids. Like kids will, they, they'll flip that on you. Oh, they will. You gotta, yeah, I don't yeah, want that. They, I don't want that. Yeah, they're younger and more resilient. But like, if you just wanted to mess with some kids and just scare them for some fun. Then There's something yeah. about a six, three and a half inch guy. Six foot three inch. <laughs> Sorry, it's not six 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 point three inch guy. No, the guy who's over six feet tall. When when someone like that comes walking in, it can be intimidating, and I forget that I can be that. Yeah, your height plays into this whole dynamic yeah. too. That's yeah. almost all yeah. of it, actually, because the rest of me does not feel that tall. I don't. So when you're that. normal height, and in your mind you picture yourself being intimidating, and it doesn't go out, you think it's going to. Well, go, I know, like, like most of the time I picture myself small. So when I go into a big crowd, I don't. I never think that oh, I'm the tallest person here, even though I am a lot of the time. But most of the time, I kind of wander and go and. You know, just like everyone else, I have the same anxieties everybody else has, and I don't think about it. And then once in a while, it'll pop in my head, and I'll go. You, you're the tallest person in here. You also are kind of broad. You, you look like you could cause a scene. So go ahead and just be a little bit more confident about the room you're walking into. I've had that happen before. In my what about head. doing something a little more weird, like just like, you know, walking up to some kids and say, hey, how's it going? Skating? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I once killed a man. And just walking away. <laughs> something a little more like just weird and unhinged. I killed a guy on the way to Vegas and left him in the left him in the dirt. What do you think of that kid? He'd say. I mean, they'll remember, they're going to remember that for sure. They're going to be talking about. It. They're going to go home and tell their parents. That may be not a good idea. Oh, for the rest of his life. Well, yeah, I don't want to get. It. I don't need police, but if if you can do enough to freak a kid out, and I don't mean like damage them. All right, that's not what I'm saying. But if you got like a 15 year old that you can genuinely just kind of give a, a little spook to, he'll tell that story for the rest of his life. He'll be in his 50s sitting around some campfire and go, oh, I remember this one time. Me and my friends were at this gas station. I'll be, you know, that's how you let your legacy fly. That's why mm-hmm. everyone talks about, you know, Napoleon all these years later. <laughs> he was kind of a he was kind of a dick. All the dicks, they we, they stay forever. No one will ever forget Hitler. We're never going to forget Napoleon, uh, um, uh, Genghis Khan. Why do we remember these guys? It's not just because they're taught. I mean, it's because they're assholes, right? Yeah. I, it's funny because you're talking about these things, but I'm like, it just it's reminding me just of memories of my old man more so than strange men. <laughs> like my dad once got so bad, he picked up a picnic table and like hulked it into the air, just like in, you know, an end game was bad. There's bad because Black Widow died and Hulk fired. He basically has actually done that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not ironically, you know, the women were giving him a hard time. He was mad and drunk. And, Did he throw know. it at? Someone? He just got so frustrated. He threw he threw it pretty far, not into the sky, but he threw it epically far. Oh my gosh, guy. dude, that's amazing! Like, he's a bulldog, and he threw it really far, and then he got in his truck and left, and we didn't see him for like two days. Oh my gosh, that's a story. He, he, he went into the forest, and everyone's like, "Whatever." He's just mad. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see him for two days. That's wild. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they sent it a search party. Did they really? 
after yeah he- but like up home like it's all rural like it's not a big deal it's like there's you know the nearby town has like 10 houses like it's mostly bush and he loves the bush it's, he's fine no one worries about him. okay so he's okay but, you know we worries about him in the forest and okay. it's not the first time he would have gone out and been like leave me i'm so mad i need to be away from other humans or i will destroy them like he's got he get pretty mad it does feel like the the picnic tables are rare in a town like that and so throwing- it's also it depends yeah, it also depends on the the alcohol consumption. I believe hard liquor was involved that night, which brings out the quote. Well, I'm not even gonna say because it it's kind of racist, but it, yeah. it brings out the uh, orangutan in him, as he likes to say. Uh, oh, that is, is that, that isn't meant to be anything. Just that he's actually like just a savage ape that's gonna destroy everything. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that part. I mean, I knew he was a little. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I love my family, and they're all wonderful in their own ways. But you know, we got some dysfunctionality, some fun dysfunctionality in there. Yeah, <laughs> hulking out. I mean, we we love tables. Simpsons, but like you know, Homer's a, a serial assaulter of his kid jokes park like every episode. It's true. I like Simpsons, and it's like you know, that's pretty awful what he's doing to his kid there. Yeah, yeah. They seem to. Have you ever been? Have you ever choked? Oh, you're not going to say that. Like, what a conversation! I've never choked my any of my children, not even yeah. once. Okay, that's good. To hear. Yeah, I've I've gotten throttled once or twice, so I've been on the bar end of things. Yeah, the I worst. Can, I can relate. The worst we ever did. My kids would freak out. I would scoop them up and take them into a, a place that was different than where they were, and look at them right in the eyes and have a conversation. That always worked. So if you had one of my kids at a grocery store flipping out, crying, they want a sucker. I can't give them or whatever it is. All you got to do get down, scoop them up, go into a corner where nobody else is, and you just hold them right in front of your face and you say, you know, whatever you got to say. You just say yeah. it. You talk. That's yeah. how we did it. You're, you're good. I mean, this is why I loved you even before I knew you and listened to your shows. I was like, hey, he's a nice dad. Well, I think I think so. <laughs> and like, I know a lot of them. Like, I, Mike and Croft, and two are great to their kids. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you spend time with your kids playing <laughs> Mario? It's, wow, it's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, but your dad threw an entire piece of public furniture 300 feet in the air. (laughs) I know, I know. It's kind of cool. He's got some real winning moments, but, you know, it is, it's, it's, you know, the grass is always green. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're looking at my history going like, man, that's some green grass over there. Yeah. We all want to come to Canada and live in the forest with uh, your hulked out dad. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all well and good. Let's uh, let's get to today's big topic, which is really well. I don't know. It's gotten kind of gnarly. Maybe they're about to throw things at each other. We'll talk about it. Uh, so the Microsoft ABK thing. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be over to the point that the industry could just sort of stop talking about it and move on. But this week got really dramatic. And um, here's here's kind of what happened in a in a in a nutshell way of explaining it. The uh, the acquisition got held up by a proposed injunction by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission here in the United States. There was already the UK government uh, putting the brakes on things. That's a whole separate negotiation tied to this at all. The EU and all other major uh, constituencies had weighed in and approved the, the, the merger. So these are the two... Sticky wickets. Canada as well, by the way, has approved the merger. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, so you're shitty country too, by the way. Just don't <laughs> even even your garbage country up there, they've they went ahead and did it. Um, yeah, just by the way, you guys aren't that cool either. No, we're not okay. cool at all. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, no, I'm saying you're saying that to me. Oh, well, I also think it of ourselves, so everything's bad. Uh, yeah. um, but anyway, <clears throat> Microsoft had uh, pretty vehemently uh, he said, well, we're going to defend this and we're going to keep pushing. We're going to make this happen. They have a July 18th deadline that they had set almost two years ago when this originally was uh, proposed. And the reason that matters, there's some legalities to it that I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer and I can't get into all of it, but I can say that... Um, they basically have a forgiveness fee that they have to pay. This is normal. If somebody says, like AT&T says, we're going to buy T-Mobile, and then they do all the processes up to the point of whatever date was set for it to clear, and if they haven't done it by then, they have to pay these these fines, these fees. And it's it's kind of normal. And that literally happened to AT&T when that fell through. They had to pay mm. a bunch of fines. Because in the case of this one, ABK also wants this merger and you know any kind of stock movement or anything else that's happened in the meantime those are all affected by the process and so if you get to the end and have no deal you owe money to the people you promised to buy or sell or merge with if it didn't go through it's normal it's not it's not unique to this situation but that's been looming cuz July 18th is that date and then, so in the last week and a half, whatever, how long it's been, I lost track because I got so sick last week, but they had all these hearings and the hearings were the FTC basically grilling Microsoft and Microsoft defending themselves and trying to create this injunction to stop it from happening. And they failed to do so. A judge said, you guys didn't prove your case. We're letting it go. The judge basically says it's declined and we're letting this merger happen and then that was to be the end of it. But today, the FTC filed an appeal on the ruling. So there's big questions about whether that actually stalls anything or not. But we're we're really close to the 18th. It's freaking next week. Like what, Wednesday? I think it's a, like a week, uh, just short of a week from now. And um, meanwhile, they're still negotiating. Who do they pay the, this, who do they pay this uh, fine to? Or this? Uh, they would pay the guess? fine to Activision Blizzard. Even though in Activision Blizzard's case, they want the sale to happen. Both parties want the deal to happen. Yeah, but wouldn't you want the sale to happen plus some bonus money? Well. If you're Bobby Kotick, which that's my mind immediately goes to like, "Eh, it's all coming up Bobby. Yeah. Right. Everything about this comes up Bobby in the end. You're not wrong. Yeah. uh, That's conspiracy theorists, but, uh, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I'm like. Yeah. uh, So, but anyways, that aside, so. They're not going to make this date, right? Like, um, this is a, I don't think so. Bureaucracy. They have to do it in UK, and they have to beat the appeal in, yes. in the American courts. All, yes. Although, and, the deal... And everyone's if, playing Diablo 4 right now, so yeah, by Tuesday, not happening. It seems like it seems like it's not, because <laughs> Phil Spencer's, you know, he's busy playing video games. He doesn't have time All the this. lawyers, everyone involved in this is playing Diablo 4. And, you know. Yeah, but the negotiation no. on the UK side may or may not yield anything, and who knows. But I think what's probably going to... They're going to have to do... Because there are legal ways to create extensions on that July 18th thing. But they've been trying to have it hold because they want there to be urgency, right? It's like, we want this to happen on that day, so we're going to stick to this day. They didn't make their, or uh, the, the FTC did not win their case. The FTC also got raked over the coals today by Congress, I think a little unfairly. I don't love how the FTC has handled this, but it didn't deserve what they got today because... And for some reason, it's become a partisan issue, and I don't understand freaking why. It's just like such stupid that's all we that's how we do everything down here everything's team sports but um so that's all going on bottom line is i think it means 
I think the judges thing will hold. I don't see the FTC pushing this all the way to the Supreme Court. That seems insane to me. Um, but I think this does ultimately go through. I think that date gets pushed a little bit. And then I think it all happens. And they finally do the, do the thing. I'm not even getting into the usual conversation people have been having for months about this, which is, is this good for games? Is it bad for games? We've said all we're ever going to say about that. Um, right now, yeah, I'm just, I'm sort yeah. of just watching it to see what pops, you know, because it's been fascinating. Like listening to the arguments was interesting. Like that was, I would actually recommend people go check the transcripts and look at what was said. So you may find that boring, but I found it really interesting. And they're, and they're having to do this like very serious legal challenge and step-by-step process but also they have to bring up stuff like you know cloud gaming and diablo and you know they're they're having to throw the stuff in there the terms that we think of you know using the term i mean i've seen how the you know political people handled zuckerberg and tiktok like they barely know how wife their router works they barely know what wi-fi is yeah like like is that the case from, from what you've seen here where it's like these are people who know the game very well trying to convince people who don't know the game it, it all it takes is for the antagonist to go oh they've got control of the cloud and it's like this is irrelevant everyone has access to cloud for well in the case <laughs> in, in the case of the hearings it's not as bad because the hearings are before a judge and the lawyers on both sides are prepped to the to the hilt on what to say and what to talk about and so you don't have the you know you don't have some commerce congress going or some guy uh, the gentleman from tennessee will pipe up and go so i was wondering if master chief is real then how come we haven't seen him at these hearings like this kind of bull you're not going to hear that at these kind of hearings but you will hear that we heard a bunch of that today when they when they were grilling the ftc and it's that, that was very similar to when they had all the all the tech execs in there and stuff. That is always a shit show and never a serious. It's so stupid. Oh. I mean, this is, I, I imagine this happens in other industries. It just doesn't make the news because it's not right. gaming and gaming has an active, just, you know, very interested discourse online um, that people want, you know, people are looking to get uh, palms greased on the way. And the way to do that is to set up toll gates and, you know, blockades if you can. Yeah. Which Sony, I, this, to me, this all starts with Sony being able to do it and Sony having enough sway to to move others to do it. Like, if Sony doesn't agitate initially, do all these other people jump on board to block it, you know? Like right. I, right. No, there's there's all kinds of questions like that. There was also some some stuff they were conveniently leaving out of some of the conversations. They're talking about market dominance, but they're ignoring the actual dominators right now. Like, Tencent is a is the biggest video or games company ignoring in the world. the whole picture. Like, are they, do you know if they're fighting this exclusively on the battleground of video games? Because like Sony has TVs, they have cameras, like Sony does a lot of shit. And you know, uh, that's a Japanese company, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they're, aren't they famous for having like basically six big, big mega corps that all like in, are internecine and own each other and sh- like stuff. Like it's yeah. not, yeah. you know, it's like, how can we just ignore the giant elephant and, focus on his toenail i think part it, of like, it part of it is because playstation is their biggest revenue machine so uh that that includes everything from tvs electronics all their other stuff um playstation dwarfs all of that so i mean i'm sure that's the case but you know like the ip portfolio and everything else too like the, i think these big companies have some their pies and some fingers and so many different pies right 
It's like Microsoft. Microsoft's chief form of money used to be Windows. It's not anymore and hasn't been for a long time. And they pivoted, and they should have, and it's good they did or they would have been screwed, but they pivoted to their Azure stuff and cloud computing, not just for games, for everything, um, is is the by and large the biggest part of their revenue. It's like Google and advertising or Apple and hardware. It's like it's their bread and butter now. And, uh, you know, Sony, in Sony's case, they had a similar shift. It used to be everything else. And then PlayStation was added in. And then over time, PlayStation became the most uh, fiscal thing they do. Yeah. And everything else takes a back seat now, including their. I guess like TVs I guess and, they're going to all have their arguments. It just seems like it's intentional coming up because I, Microsoft, if I can say one thing about it, is that I think is not controversial. Like no one can really debate this. Is like Microsoft did try to make good on commitments, mm. like in promises, like signing contracts not only with Sony but with Nintendo yeah. for Call of Duty, like to try and you know. Uh, you can get cynical and go, oh, well, of course they did because they needed to look good, you know, whatever. But I agree. I think these were good faith efforts to do that. Like, And, of course, it's not going to be in perpetuity, but that right. gives Sony 10 years to compete, you know, with a like their own Call of Duty. Like, it's not like they're getting the rug pulled out from them. It's like, here's running room for our comp- competition to catch up. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess they're they're allowed to, to, to not want that, but I just feel like... I have a hard time seeing the sale not going through, honestly. And also, it's like video games. It's so on the scale of like problems there are to resolve, right? You know, and things like that, like taking up the court's time on a sale of video games. That so seems like, well, you that's know, the old th- thing. Th- right? Then we're talking about the bigger issue, which brings me back to my point of like, well, we're ignoring like all the big, we're ignoring what we're cherry picking, what what big issues to to look at and whatnot. So that's why I feel like this is just going to go through. Like, it will. It's getting all the focus because it's a gigantic amount of money that represents a huge, you know, a many billion dollar industry. I mean, aren't we close to like a, it's not a trillion. I, I read uh, 41 billion in mobile on just um, in mobile yeah. game, games industry biz or whatever, like that for 2023 so far, so yeah. far, so far in 2023, 41 billion billion mobile only like, we're not even talking about console business we're not talking pcs probably probably less than the mobile stuff but still in the billions right yeah so yeah i remember yeah, the first I time i heard the the name billion when it happened as you know it's now a billion dollar industry this is not that horribly long ago it was maybe early or mid aughts they were like video games it's a billion dollar industry now i'm like man that was fast we, that thing's really been growing now they don't talk in billion they talk in many billions so gaming is huge, and you're right about it not being important, but money's important, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we've we've accomplished a weird thing with our techno serfdom, you know. <laughs> like there's there are good uses, right? Like yep. Kickstarters, patron supporters. I know there used to be the thing where you could help people in third world countries by pooling money together and do, by crowdsourcing that way. Like there are really great examples of it, and then there's like this shit, which is like yeah. you know. You know, everyone spends a little bit on mobile every month and it turns into billions and billions of dollars. And um, anyways, uh, this battle, I think everyone's sick of this. I, I feel like they should just get the answer out sooner rather than later. Not, yeah. not to help Microsoft avoid it's fine, but like to me, the only reason why it's slowed up is somebody somewhere is profiting or benefiting from this. Not, not the two parties. I mean like that gate going up. Yeah. 
creates opportunities, I think. I feel like I've done a pretty good job in the last couple of weeks of avoiding the cultural war of it. Um, I made a, I made a concerted effort to not get bunged up in like fanboy fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, on socials or Discord or anywhere else, it's just not. Oh, interesting. It's fun reading some of the fiction. Like, oh my god, there's a few Twitter it. accounts that are super active. <clears throat> I scroll through them, and I'm like, this is all fiction. Yeah, all of it's <laughs> it's all so fan dumb. fiction. Like, it's crazy. I can't deal with that stuff. So I'm just like, I just want to get to the facts of it and how it's going. I mean, because I think that's interesting from our perspective as you know, gamers and consumers, and also content creators. I just, I just don't want to get all webbed up in some guy going. Well, I hear Phil Spencer's not even uh, real. He's some sort of construct. And, you know, there's a lot of dumb theories, a lot of Sony lovers and Microsoft lovers just going at it. I don't want, I don't, I'm done with that. I don't want to do that anymore. I had my, you know what? I had my fill with Nintendo and Sega. I had that whole thing then. I'm good now. I don't need yeah. it. I just yeah, want to play games. Was, all right. I just want to play good games. Too. And that's it. Yeah. It's human nature. It's hard when you have two of something. To want to belong to one of something, yeah, it's, it's very tempting. Always, yep. No fun for uh, anything no. else uh, come out of this. I'm, I'm no, didn't I mean, other than fr- other I than kinda, we don't know how this yeah. appeal is going to go, but I think we'll know. I think we know by Monday whether like a, some sort of definitive thing happens early next week that says here's the path forward and it's pushing this date because we need the time to get it signed, but it's all going through now. All parties agree. Um, the judge just strikes down the second appeal. It just depends on if the FTC wants to just keep pushing, I suppose they could really drag this out. I guess I in ad infinitum, or at least until they get to the Supreme court. And let me tell you something, the Supreme court, this is not a statement on our state of politics, not at all. But they will err in the favor of the corporations and what they want to do. Business freedoms, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And they will favor the uh for good or ill, they'll favor Microsoft over Sony in this argument. They just will. Well, just, so just be glad this isn't happen well, I mean, I guess it's happening everywhere. I don't know what the I, if Canada has a problem with it, they'll just probably tell Canada buzz off. Or, <laughs> but you know, Canada, you know, I, they can be very big sticklers about certain things. Like, imagine that all of them, if you're going to sell a video game, thirty percent of it has to be staffed by Canadian workers, or can, or include a certain percentage of Canadian content in all of your offerings. Oh, is that true? Games. I didn't know that. TVs like that, like if you want to run a broadcast network yeah. here, like yeah. let's say you're HBO and you're running it in Canada. You can't just do American shows all day. Some percentage, I think it's thirty percent, um, of what you show has to be Canadian, and that kind of explains why maybe you see Letter Kennedy up there sometimes or something like like. Hmm. So basically, Americans can't come in and just dictate all the TV. You gotta you gotta spend some money on our shitty TV programming, <laughs> or else there'll be no CanCon. CanCon wow. is what it's called. But is that and, like and do- those productions also have a minimum staffing requirement of Canadian workers, like actors or you know uh, guilds members that are part of Canadian union. We have we have a, a lot of rules about. Labor union um, stuff, yeah. For like foreigners uh, and their 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 broadcast content, and they're they I don't I can't remember did that bill pass? They're trying to do it to YouTube. Oh, uh, which is why it's good that you have a Canadian on the show because you're one third Canadian, and if we meet the requirements, we can be we can have our our stuff uh, pushed up the YouTube <laughs> <laughs> as, as being CanCon. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, you might like Mr. Beast's new video. Sorry, YouTube, you met your quota. You got to show these Canadian users some Canadian shit you don't want to watch. Oh, I love it. Does that give us an advantage? We're like one third Canadian owned. Canadian content's good. People will watch it, but you know, everyone up here is aware of it, and most people don't love it because yeah, because it's the same. It's one of those uh, double-edged blades. Like, oh, it makes sense. We're protecting Canadian content, making sure we have some. That sounds good, but. When you're picking winners and losers, yeah. then the content suffers because they're not like yeah. they're going to get their money either way. They don't have right. to win. Where in America, you have to be you have to be the best to win, yeah. or you know, it would in whatever way. Sometimes it's just on a business side of things. You have a stranglehold on the industry, whatever. But you have to win. Yeah, you're not like given like a, a boost. So that just means like on average the content's worse it sounds like you got a little less stp up there which down here we call uh same it can be same 10 people same 20 people or same 200 people and you guys have a little stp where the same 200 faces are in everything up there (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) it's kind of like that a little bit but also like i think that it's also the writing and the create creatives behind things are right yeah exactly stp are you re- are you well? This is a whole other discussion topic. But are you ready for the the two years or so drought of of good quality written content uh, on TV and film, and we're going to be stuck with reality shows and all this bullshit? Because let's, let's play some D and D, dude. Yeah, we'll make our own. We're not in the guild. We're not in that guild. We don't guild. write. We don't act. But it's a story. It's going to be better than the shit that's on TV. I that's right. Feel like. That's right. I kind of feel like, you know what? Get strike and strike hard and strike long and get everything you owe so I can try and become a superstar dungeon master. Yeah, we got this brief little window while they're all fighting that we can try to blow it up. We'll see what happens. That's funny to bring that up. Real quick, if if I worked at Ubisoft uh, Montreal, same deal. They have to have a certain number of people that are absolutely Canadian. I don't know if it applies to video games. I I, I I think there's not a lot of attention on the video game content unless it's about like um you know boobies and knives <laughs> you know like like just like that kind of content regulation but i don't think i don't know but i don't think so <laughs> judging by like steam and stuff like that i just never i don't see it in any storefront so i don't think it's an issue interesting but it, it is for theater and for film and television i'd be curious if that affects the games industry or not up there like you film, you America films a bunch of stuff in Canada, right? Yeah, they can't just bring in all their U.S. staff, right? They've got to hire Canadian workers. Oh, that makes sense. Up, I guess. To a certain, up to a certain percentage, even if it's not branded as Canadian as CanCon, right? It's got to. We have rules about how you, how you know you're supporting Canadians. Interesting. And it's not like that. I don't think it's like that in the states. Well, we try to do it in other more devious ways. Because you're very business free. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a land of opportunity. Let me have my opportunity, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, let's government regulation, all that stuff. And yeah. we're, we're more socialist in that way. We're like, well, is that really fair for everyone? Let's yeah. try to be fair and impose some rules on people. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it happens. Up yeah. Here. But we do that until the, we get a boogeyman of our own going, you know, it's like, oh, they're all coming up from Mexico to take our gerbs, like that whole thing. Well, yeah. I mean, and you guys are quick. Some, some, some among you are quicker to like extreme and violent measures than we are. Although we have them too. Yeah, you guys, had, you got <laughs> yeah, a few up there. We're, we yeah, share the well, same. When you share a border, it's hard not to share a few uh, bad habits. You know. Well, it's we just have the same lib- the liberal and um, 
No, liberal means something different in the States. Sorry. The Democrat versus conservative yeah. spectrum is alive and well and pretty much pretty very similar to what you experience. So yeah. it's not, you know, and especially given the internet and how we share the same accent and language, like yep. Canadians pass for Americans all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell the, the difference unless you guys say Mario or Mario. That's all I know. Yeah, the only yeah. time we I have tell. tells, but like, you know, yeah. It's we we infiltrate you all the time. That Steven Crowder guy is a Canadian, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. He's a butthole. Yeah. I don't like him. Yeah, I'm just saying he's a top <laughs> pundit for the conservative side. 100% Canadian infiltrator. Yeah, he's he's basically a secret invader, like in the Marvel TV show. You know, a lot of people like, they're probably gonna. I'm gonna get heat for saying that about Crowder, but here's I, I want to make something clear. I don't care about Crowder's politics. I just I think he's mean to people. I don't think that's cool. He's pretty, he's pretty shitty to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, fam, it's look, I, I, we're not getting into politics, no, but one thing is true about the right side is like the more they rail against something, you know, they're going to be guilty of that shit in five years. Yeah. Hate gay people. They're gay. Uh, <laughs> like family values. They're absolutely terrors at home. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe not all of them, but it comes up a lot. Yeah. And also know? I will yeah. say the same thing. Uh, whenever I hear any, I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. If any one of them starts complaining about how other people live their peaceful unit uh, lives, there's always something going on there. Always. Always. There's this guy who ran a mega church in Colorado. Uh, every week, his two main topics were anti-gay, anti-drugs. Just hardcore on those two topics. He gets found in an old hotel somewhere with a pocket full of meth with a gay prostitute. Now, if that That's isn't a, like the perfect like application of this thinking, I don't know what is. But anytime is that an you Atlantis can- Morissette song? <laughs> I got I got a pocket full of meth and I'm sitting with a prostitute in the car. <laughs> a Canadian infiltrator, by the way, last lives, lives in Ottawa. I've even seen her before. I think she, she lives. Yeah, I think she just still lives up there. She prefers it up there. Yeah, yeah. She hangs up. She I don't, I don't blame her. Town. She's got a bitter pill to swallow or something. No, jagged pill. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's... And you know, to be fair, to be fair, just so that we bash bo- both sides. Yeah. You know. The left is like, yeah, you know, my kid's a terrible crackhead, but it's cool. Like they, they they're honest about it, but you're like, it's not great. No, it's not <laughs> bad. Stop saying it's so great. Yeah, know? don't say it's great. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. The Clintons are like, yeah, we're greasy. What are you gonna do? They are greasy, dude. <laughs> they're oh, they're really greasy. Like I love the term greasy. From my favorite Canadian use of grease is is or you know my favorite use of the term grease or greasy is the use that Canadians use it for. It's like yeah, dirty, bubbles. scummy, whatever. And I will say without any hesitation. The Clintons are greasy. 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 All right. Uh, there you go, everybody. Everyone's, There's your politics corner, everyone. Let's try not to <laughs> Everyone's happy more. now, yeah. John is probably sitting at home going like, please, do I need this money for my children? Stop, <laughs> stop giving people reasons to unsubscribe. Uh, or subscribe, for that matter. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. That's it for that. Let's talk about the games we're playing. Oh, man. As much as I will say this, when you're that sick, uh, 
normally uh, illness can usually signal one of two things like, oh, I can watch movies I need to watch or I can watch TV or I can just veg out and play some games. And usually that's true for me. But something about this particular stomach virus made it so I just I was not interested in gaming at all last week of any kind or sort. I just wasn't down for it. That's changed since then, thankfully. But there was a couple of days there where I was just like, I don't want to play any of this. I just was not interested. And I really didn't like how it felt. And I, and I was actually worried for a hot second it was permanent. Like, I'm like, what if this, what if this leaves me? But the one symptom that remains is that I never want to play a video game again. Yeah, I've had that. COVID got, gave that to me big time. Yeah. But how I've been is- sick enough now that I know it's a phase. I, know, I, I don't play games when I'm sick. All right. It's not a great time for good, me. Good, good to know because I felt that's a, exactly how I felt. But um, anyway, I did come around. And what I wanted to do, John's not here, but he can hear this. I don't know if he's still in the chat or not. But while he's watching his son. <laughs> he's mad right now. He's like, how dare you talk crap about the Clintons? I love them. Oh, they're the best for him. But no, that's not true. He doesn't feel that way. Um, it's I'm joking. My relationship with Final Fantasy 16 is a complicated one. And oh yeah, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, we've we've you know had some discussions about this. You guys talked about it last week. I I tried to finish it. I tried to play it three separate times in the last oh, few no. days, and each time I got oh, in and went, uh, each time I got in and I went, oh. That's right. I have to talk to this. Okay, I don't know if I want to do oh, this. Oh, no. You were so into Final Fantasy 16. I know. And I am still hell-bent. I am going to finish this game. I didn't spend 70 bucks just to not finish it. I really do want to finish the game. But this game, again, John's going to hate all this, actively gets in, my, in front of my senses and says, here's stuff you don't like. And it's really bumming me out. Can you skip it? Is it skippable? Some of it. be like, nah, son, and just move on? Some of it. Some of it you can't. Some of you can't. Some of it I don't want to because really what I'm into, you know what I ought to do? I mean, there's this is, this is a terrible idea. Why would I ever do this? But I know you can do this. I can sit down and watch somebody's cutscene story moment playthrough because there are edits like that out there where I don't have to watch them run through some stuff. I don't have to watch them you know, moving from point A to B or any of that rigmarole, I just see the story play out. And part of me is tempted to do that um, mm. because what otherwise, and the listen, the combat, I've already said, the combat's amazing in this game, but I am getting a little tired of XP sponges that are so thick. <laughs> like they take forever to freaking kill and take down that when those do happen, I try to relish them and having a good time with them, but then they'll drag on and then I'll get a big story chunk that'll drag on. It's almost like, it's almost like not fair for me to make these complaints while John's not here. Cause he'll have counters it, to all it, of it. Is it, but is it possible? Okay. So for some of these stories to just like skip, I know this is, this is a sacrilege for many listening right now, but just skip, just press the button and skip the dialogue. There is some of that. Yeah. And I've been yeah, skipping voices and stuff. Yeah. Here and there. Not, I mean, not give me the good stuff and else let me skip this other stuff. Yeah. And I, and I do that and it feels guilty. I feel guilty when I do, because I'm like, well, Scott, you know, wasn't the whole point of this is to see this story through. Cause it's what hooked me in the demo. The demo was like all about story for me. And then it just got convoluted. It just got, you know, I'm not going to say the words everyone gets mad at me for. I'm not going to call it anime bullshit because that's it's not even even what I mean. I need a better term for this. But there's something bloated, bloated, bloated. Terse writing is bloated and over. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, 
um, expository. Uh, right? it's there just, you go. You know, yeah. it's not really dramatic. It's not germane to the main plot. It's just they know people love lore and love just hearing endless dialogues. Yeah, and the writers, you know, are congratulating each other, giving themselves medals for their great, you know, dialogues. <laughs> But it's boring, you know. Yeah, it can because be. Video game writing, video game can be like that. Wrath of the Righteous was likely. That's why I returned it. I could smell it coming from the first thirty minutes. Yeah, not good writing. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you didn't love that. You weren't a. Uh, it was. It was all like. Let me. It just. They didn't talk the way any person talks. Yes, some somebody wrote words, and yes, there's a lot of information in it, but it's boring. Yeah. I, People only speak to kind of get what they want, or if, unless there's some beautiful poetry to it. Mm. Uh, otherwise, like in video game writer writing, can be the worst of this, where they just they just give you information, and mm-hmm. they're not, you know. And sometimes it's cool, yeah. But you know, I'd rather the Elden Ring side of things, where they're just like wings and diapers, <laughs> and you will sit here, thy flame, and you're like, okay, I got half that. But, yeah, cool fighting. But yeah. you know, I'd rather that than. And I like my RPGs. My God, Disco Elysium's amazing. Every word was like sex to my ears, like yeah. especially with that voice, you know, the the voice pack. Oh right, yeah. But it's very rare. It's a very high bar. I realize not all games can be like that, and it's just some games miss. Like I, I, I applaud the effort. I guess is what we should say. And Final Fantasy games can definitely be guilty of that, especially like I love thirteen, but thirteen has a lot of blah 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 in it. Yeah. It's like, I've I've been told that if okay. I don't like 16, I should not try to go revisit anything like 13, because 13 is like yeah, more and I still it. like like them, you know. And but like Final Fantasy VII, surprisingly well written. Like I was never like, oh my god, stop the talking. So well, I don't know. There's a little more to the magic that goes into it. But I I get what you mean. If you're just like, this is like just too much. Yeah, and not what I not what I paid the ticket price for. Hmm. You know, or I'm just. That's why I say like just skip it. You know what? I, can I confess something? Yeah, go. So I, when I'm playing the rogue, I was like, "This is my story playthrough." I'm gonna listen to all the side missions. Yeah, your hardcore rogue in, or in uh, Diablo Four. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. This is the one where I'm taking my time, experiencing all the content. Yeah, including listening to all the side missions. Yeah. At a certain point, I, I started skipping the side missions. It's, it's some guy who's like, "Can you get some shit for me?" You know, like I just <laughs> heard it. On, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I love that game. I gave it a ten, but like, I'm just like, there are. 200 side missions i think in that and they're not all that they're all like the the linden some of them are good some of them are worth listening to but some of the, like the the, the merchant who wants to get the... demon vases i'm just like there's nothing interesting going on here like let me get to the game what's please. the one where you you get somebody's possessed with something you got to try to get the possession out and there's a whole like string Oh, like like a main story quest? Yeah, well, no, it's not, it's off the it's it's side quest, but it's like multi tiered side quest. You have to do various things, lots of story, lots of talking. It's actually a pretty cool thing, but once you've done it once, oh well, there's the guy in the woods who's chained up and flayed. Is that the guy? You're oh no, about? a different one. Do I, I don't remember that one. It's a guy yeah, chained up one. and flayed. Ugh. Yeah, wife is like, "Where's my husband?" You go find he's with another woman in the forest, but he's chained to two trees and his skin is completely peeled off. And he's like, "Give me more! I want more!" Wow. And the wife's like, "Wife's like, oh no, what has happened to my husband? He's so weird now." Wow, that's like some Clive, Clive Barker. <laughs> that's why, that's, yeah, but that's why I'm like, you know, what? Once you've like had like eight or nine of this template, you're like, I don't need to listen to the dialogue anymore. Could be, yeah. you know. I do yeah. tend to skip those now. I just go and 
going quest to quest. Ooh, I need the XP. Test. I, I might have skipped that. One. Like what? What zone? What zone? Oh, I don't remember. It felt like it took me all over the place, but it was like, uh, and I've done it twice now. So once with my main, and then with this alt, uh, it was a but side it quest. Starting like Yovashad, Skazglen. Uh, may have started out in the woods somewhere, and then you go back to town, um, to the main. Uh, was it Koval? What'd you say? How'd you say it? I never say it. Kiovashad. Right. Kiovashad. I think we went back there to get it really kicked off, and then you end up in a cellar at some point to like do the. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's f- three possessions, and then finally the one helping you cure also gets possessed. Yes. And they're like, you shouldn't cure people because it puts you at risk for being possessed. Right. And I think that's the end of the tale. All right. And there's like a dungeon, and yeah. There's I a mean, whole thing. yeah, that's a good example. They do the same quest four times, and yeah. I get that the stakes are raised, and it's just an excuse to get you to run dungeons. Right. It's fine. But at a certain point, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to feel obliged to listen to every line anymore. Once I'm, yeah. you know, once I've done it fifty or so times, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, and so saying all this, I'm actually, I continue to be envious of the way John can consume Final Fantasy in the way that he does, and that that every point of dialogue is tasty to him. Yeah, you know? see, I think if he were here and other people listening who like it would say like, no, this is delicious. It's juicier for me. It's delicious, and I love that for them. I really, truly yeah. do. I really do. And yeah. there are other there are games like that for me. Like I, 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 Darkest Dungeon guy could just read me books all night. Like yeah. those yeah. stories aren't that deep, but I want to hear him say things like "The darkest time has arrived," and your your backbone has he, been. He's punchy. He doesn't say much. Like really, he says a few lines, right? Like yeah. He, he, you don't have a big. Maybe that's what it is, though. Know. It goes; those little things go further for me because I don't need constant talking to, like a like a film or something. Right. That's what that's what I mean. Where it's like sometimes in video games because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Like once you once you've rendered the actors in the scene and you've got the cabin they're in, it you don't have a film crew. It costs nothing to shoot that guy over here. Do this. Like, why don't we do five hours in this cabin? Next thing you know, you made the hateful eight in final <laughs> fantasy 14. Like, you know, and it's fine, but it's just, sometimes they just don't have those constraints. So I just don't think they, I think sometimes they let their, uh, enthusiasm get away with them a little bit. On that. Not a very popular opinion. Speaking of movies, cause last week you had a, the whole Hobbit thing. I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but I think hateful eight is the best, it's it's my favorite Tarantino movie. Almost perfect. Almost perfect. Love it. The one I haven't seen the eight part TV show. I'm in, I'm kind of curious to see if that's better. You should. It's good. The one thing I hate is for some reason in the middle of a western there is like a rock rap song. Oh I yeah, that was weird. I was like, I was like, what? I hate it when these period pieces do that. Peaky Blinders is like that. I enjoy good old Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Why the hell is it like 1990s bar music playing <laughs> at the start of the thing? Like, who's. I, who, it's a weird know, thing. You're right. It's weird. I don't know why they like, do it. You know, when I watch The Godfather, you get like. or whatever that sound is. You know, like. You get some like, you know, authentic. Italian, yeah, I know what you mean. The little mandolin thing yeah, you're playing there, yeah. yeah. Like you, you know, you get and you get music of the era whenever you watch a Scorsese flick. Like yeah. you, you know, I don't know why Tarantino thought that song was. Just, this is perfect for western. It is weird. It's a weird. T- I, and I'm thinking I've I've seen the multi right out of it. I mean, I was enjoying it so much, and then I was so angry. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a uh, weird. But thing then I, I liked it again because the movie's still uh, shut the damn door. Shut the damn ah! door. And I love, uh, not Kirk Douglas, uh, 
that kind of his team his name all Wal- of a sudden Wal- Walton Goggins oh, I love Walton Goggins but who's the uh, the guy that's uh, he Kurt to, Russell Kurt Russell shit I mean there isn't anyone who's who's bad at that no nobody's you know, bad you're like there's a character actor it's like what if the movie just had all amazing actors you know at the height of their craft no it's incredible even Michael Madsen's good you know yeah. Yeah. Even uh, the very briefly, but what's his name? Uh, uh, Magic Mike guy. Can't think of his name. Tatum Channing. Oh, uh, Channing. 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 Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Or Tatum Channing. What's his name? Channing Tatum, right? Channing Tatum. I think it's not Tatum Channing. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I get him backwards. Anyway, Channing that movie Tatum. rocks. Anyway, he was yeah, it was he was uh, it was fun to see him show up. Seemed awesome. Like, yeah, it was all good. And I just yeah. watched for the first time. I know it sounds crazy because everyone's seen it, but I've n- I'd never seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross when it came out or since. Oh, dude! So dude, I watched that dude. the other night, dude. That movie rocks. That movie is so good, dude. and it reminds me that's like, hey, Scott, you do like a ton of dialogue. Listen to this mammoth f- rapid fire freaking dialogue yeah. going on why can't i get in that mindset with final fantasy i don't know it's a different delivery it's a different cadence it's a different language so i would say like uh tarantino writes closer to stage plays than he does films like yeah. even though he has a filmic eye whatever i don't try, try to trigger anybody <laughs> but you know a lot of it's on the dialogue and, and in the, like modern theater a lot of it there's movement there but the your film brain is trained to understand action as like moving through scenes and people flailing their arms and talking. Right. But on stage, all you've got is a stage, Yeah. but there's still action. There's still lots of context and meaning happening. And when something's terse, there's tons happening in Glenglary, Glenn Ross. And I've seen that stage live as well with not as great actors, but still wonderful actors who performed it really well. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's definitely it definitely has more zing and energy on a stage versus uh, on film, but you you couldn't ask for a better group of actors. Oh, that cast is dancing. unbelievable! It's so good, it's unbelievable, right? I like, ended up watching like, it because I was like, I want to see an Alan Arkin movie because he just passed, and I'm like, which one should I watch? And like, oh yeah, he's in that, and I never saw it, so let's see something I haven't seen him in. So that's why I watched it, and he was he was freaking everybody is insane in that movie, freaking. Um, can't think of his name all of a sudden. Uh, de- he's dead now. Dead no. um, uh, Jack Lemon. Jack, Jack Lemon is amazing. Good lord, yeah. dude! I uh, Jack Lemon up till you know this to me was just like oh grumpy old man, and he does these other old sh- things and the 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 odd couple and all that. This was a uh, amazing. He's incredible in this movie. Yeah. No. This is the, this is. I think it's one of the last performances he gave too. Yeah, I think so. And and um, it's toward the end. It's, and he's not com- comical. He plays a pathetic loser. Yeah, like you know, but he plays it so well. That, yeah. You know, like it's so pathetic. Yeah. That it, it's just it's yeah. He does really. He's, he's unbelievable. I loved it. Anyway, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is Final Fantasy 16 just isn't that for me. So I'm not. So I'm, not I'm not gonna. <laughs> Let's I'm, take this video game and compare it to some of the greatest works of film of all time. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to finish because I really do kind of want to finish. But boy, it was hard for me to want to play this week. I just could not I get just, into but it. That, that is a tough spot. That is a tough spot when you have... Hang on. I, I want to belabor it a little longer. Um, I swear it's not me that makes the show long. <laughs> I swear. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it's not low at all. <laughs> But when you're selling, when you're selling your product on the basis that it has a good story, yeah. it's, it's also hard not. 
it's also hard to help not wanting to like critique it when you're not enjoying it. Right, right. And when like, it's so central is- to the experience, like this isn't a game yeah. where you can avoid it. It's not a, it's not, you know, at least Elden Ring is a good example of what you were saying. Elden Ring's like, everyone's kind of silent. It's sort of weird bits and pieces of story. <laughs> hey, is this the core show? Oh, the core sh- podcast. Oh shit! He not only could John not, uh, uh, he he couldn't go long that <laughs> long. Without, this is like no nut November, but except no yeah, podcast. This is, uh, this is killing me. My goodness, <laughs> I didn't think it would hurt so bad. I'm I'm here on location oh, with a tiny nutty. baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I can't, I can't sit on this a week, Scott. I, okay. I got, I can tell you, I can diagnose your problem right now. All right, man. go, give it to me, doctor. I, I don't want Jagger. it to linger a week for you. Okay. Um, here's why you don't like the dialogue in Final Fantasy uh. because you don't like RPGs like this. Yeah. Like it really is that simple. What is the last role playing game you completed? Uh. Uh, completed like you like this style, like a JRPG style thing, or just yes. RPGs in general. Completed the entire story from start to finish. Um, well, I don't know if it counts, but the original I beat the original. Uh, um, uh, shit, uh, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem One on the GBA, the one I've been playing right lately. I beat it. That's that's kind of JRPG ish. Lots of dialogue and. Hey, uh, you, you playing the Fire Emblem over there? <laughs> I, I would say that counts, sure. Okay. But like, here's the thing: most games you pick up and play, yeah, you play in a casual mode. Everybody who hears this show knows you. You come each week with like five different games. Mm-hmm. Bo yeah. and I last week are like, hey, we played the same games we played the week before, and yeah. probably the week before that. Yeah. But every week you've got like ten different games well, that you're bringing to the table. Not prob- that many, probably not but. that many, but yeah, I you know like today I bought or I have uh, one two, well one's old, one two three at least that are new to the show. And uh, that's that, this is from a guy who said I was sick and I lost all interest in video games. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I I think your problem is that you you made a weird commitment to beat Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. And I don't think it was a smart call because I think it has put that game in the wrong frame of mind. But these games can have sto- big story RPGs can work on me. I played and completed all the Fallout games. I did it again with uh Outer uh Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds, whatever it was. Okay, called. those all those are Western RPGs. I, no, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. So I finished these Western written RPGs. I found them compelling all the way through. I found the dialogue compelling, the story, the characters, and all of that. I don't know why these won't do that for me. I'm trying, but I don't know why they won't. Like they just I think it's because you're trying. You have to look at look at Fire Emblem. Yeah. Nobody you didn't even talk about that on the show. Nobody was making you. There was no pressure. You were right. just sitting down playing the game yeah. when you wanted to play it. Right. That is true. You weren't feeling any pull. You weren't saying, oh, man, I got to beat this. I got to force my way through this. And like Final Fantasy 16 is extra devious because Final Fantasy 16 presents itself as an action game. 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's closer to... 
25 <laughs> percent of the time <laughs> i'd say that there when it is actiony it's as actiony as humanly possible so I, I, i'll give you that so i and what's the last icon you fought just so i know the frame of reference for how far you are in the game oh it's the last one we talked about it was that big explorer. blue um do you remember the blue guy who I kind of oh, liked. Yeah. He was mysterious. Man, you haven't even seen the good stuff in this game yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See this? Uh, yeah, you well, noob. Yeah, you yeah. noob. Uh, these ta- oh my, these games oh always my. take 30 hours to get to the good stuff. It's the That's a oh hallmark of well, a yes, quality it's game. A, it's a role-playing game, Scott. Yeah. No, I know. I, no, I understand. Yeah. You have world growth. You have personal growth. You have character growth. You have power growth. You have all that stuff. I get it. And I know that these things happen later. And I do want to see them. I just don't know if it's through the lens of the way that these characters are talking and hanging out and interacting. I think they're in I my way. I don't think it is, man, because I think this game is written and performed better than any Final Fantasy before it. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that's 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 a different. You're, that's a relative bar, is what I'm saying. Because it is. You're not wrong, dude. The dialogue in this is insane. And also, you know what else is amazing? The acting. It's incredible. It's as good as I've ever seen in a game like this. But it's still... The material they're working with is still there. It's still in that zone. And it's that zone I struggle with. Yeah. I think you need to let yourself off the hook on Final Fantasy Sixteen. Yeah. Play it when you feel like it. Yeah. Don't treat it as an obligation. I think one of the biggest hurdles is you, like, why do you think you beat Breath of Fire? It's because you could sit down on the toilet and play it. Like, <laughs> it's not so easy to do that with uh, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. So I, I think just give yourself time, see if the interest builds in it, yeah. and get to it. But I do stand by the joke I made in chat, and then I'll let you guys stop hijacking the Scott and Bo show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I stand by this analogy. You saying I'm going to get into a JRPG yeah. is like a supermodel saying I'm going to get into Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's just not a good fit, and it's not going to go the way you think Well, wait till you hear about my Octopath Traveler 2 play this week, because that will add to oh, this yeah? whole Oh, yeah? Did thing. you beat it? I didn't beat it, but I played a bunch of it, a ton <laughs> okay, of it. Okay, well, I look forward to when you do beat that rpg yeah that one that a jrpg that i'll beat clearly sooner than later uh because that's how i do these things uh enjoy enjoy all this father business it sounds like fun yeah yeah hey alex you want to say bye bye to everybody say bye 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 oh that was cute thanks for letting me hijack the show no worries we'll see you from you man that was cute yeah, um, so I'd like to thank that call, that angry caller from for calling in from a submarine. That's right, that was great. That was right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it just sounded like a car or something, didn't it? It was like he's out driving yeah. or something. Um. Anyway, I knew he couldn't stand it. Patch from the front line, because <laughs> after after a while of talking about this, I'm like, oh, John's probably just steaming. He's stewing over there. I could feel it. You know, I could I could sense the disturbance in the force. Yeah, but there's a lot yeah. to. I still have a lot of compliments for that game. I just, I don't know. I've said all I can say about it. I've, I just feel like I'm in a rut with it, and I need to find a, a way around that rut. Um, if I've learned anything. They should just make a Glenglary Glenn Ross the video game. There you go. I'm in. Can I be? Uh, I'll be Ed Harris. I want to be the Ed Harris character. Okay. He was uh, I'll a, definitely want to be Robert De Niro. Oh yeah. Wait. He was in there. The guy. The guy who, or you mean yeah. uh, Al Pacino? No, uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. Yep. I was like, wait, did I miss a whole character? <laughs> Freaked me out for a second. 
Uh, yeah, no, Al Pacino's great. Al Pacino. I always come down those two. Yeah, Al Pacino. Sorry. Al Pacino's weird because I thought he was barely going to be in it um, because the whole movie felt like it was going by without him in it, even though his name's like number one in the credits. I'm like, well, that's just because yeah, it's Al Pacino. That's how the- but then it gets around to him, and I'm like, oh, look at him yeah. go. Like, this yeah. guy. He's the top dog. He's, he's the act three. You know, you, you don't. You don't show Jaws at the beginning of the movie. You bring him out at the end. He's yeah. The Jaws of that movie. That was really something. Yeah. No. Uh, what else did I play? I played more Dave the Diver. I am uh, convinced that at the end of the year, when we're talking our favorite games of the year, this one will absolutely be on my list, as it should be, I think, for a whole lot of people. I streamed a bunch of it also this week, so that was fun. And um, boy, this, this speaking of weird story stuff, this thing really goes places. And again, it's... Uh, it's got it's got me by the story tale. Like I actually want to see where this story goes, <laughs> which is kind of a weird thing to say because it's not epic per se, but it's got some really creative ideas about what story it wants to tell. Um, but I've gotten a lot further. Uh, I think I'm well into because I started I started over when the uh, 1.0 came out. So I just wanted to kind of experience the whole thing, and uh, I got further further now than I was before. I'm somewhere toward the end of chapter three, which is just kind of the story breakdown of the game. So it's it's story based and not roguelike. It's, right? it's roguelike for or sure, rogue. but there is a bunch of story that progresses, and I think that's like, what like makes eighties. Then it sounds like yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Okay, um, right. very different story, but but one that is always kind of unraveling. And then as you unravel it, you're getting more powerful, stronger, better stuff. Uh, you're making more money at the sushi bar, all that, all that stuff in this game. Um, I haven't gotten to where you get a, you get your own farm, which I've not gotten to yet, but I'm very excited mm-hmm. about the farm. I had the weirdest thing this week. I had four or five people say to me online, say, Scott, I'm a huge fan of core. Have you not, if you haven't heard of it before, you got to try this Dave, the diver. And I'm like, that's all, this is all I've talked about for a month. So I don't know. <laughs> You're like you've played it. <laughs> Are people listening to our show? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I, well, it's a three-hour show. Maybe uh, that's you it. know, like yeah. definitely, we definitely live in an age where people just read the headlines and reply. That's a good point. Um, so we may be, you know, we may be seeing some of that too. Hadn't thought, hadn't thought of that, but anyway, I bit, yeah, I beat that it. happened to like uh, someone asked for a recommendation. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I was like, I think I recommended stuff on the show. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I had that problem today with Court Daily. I couldn't remember if I played the outro video before. I did it anyway, but I was like, this is so familiar. But is it just because I edited it? Is it because I actually used it before? And I finally just hmm. said, ah, I'm just putting it up. Um, but anyway. So it's great. Dave the Diver's great. And the further I get, the more I love it. Um, it's just, it's a wonderful game. Um, I'm now catching these huge tuna. And that's making me big cash back at the sushi bar. Um, upgrading weapons. I really weapons. like sushi. They really, they really check a lot of boxes. I probably will check this game out at some point. You should. I saw John bought it, but he, I don't think he's played it yet. But he grabbed it. It was on sale. It may still be on sale, but it was on sale for the summer thing. We're, we're, we're heading into uh, a busy time of history when it comes to games. Yeah. yeah we're, what are we, uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks away from uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, right? So uh, yeah, like 26 days, three weeks, roughly. Three weeks, okay. Eight. Yeah. Uh, we're one week away from season one of Diablo 4. Oh, of course, right. people are playing Final Fantasy 16. These are all huge releases in a very short amount of time. <laughs> like the indie games, the experimental stuff are going to kind of take a back seat. And then we got Starfield in September. Like, oh wow. my gosh, dude. <laughs> like so my much. dance card is like planned out. And then Phantom Liberty is supposed to drop this year. Oh, right. 
Oh, you did your top games that you wanted. And I was like, you're missing a few. <laughs> I put a comment. Oh, yeah. No, that. I had it. I mean, I could only yeah. do five. So they were my fi- five favorites. But I. And that was the rules here. Like, yeah. Oh, five, five and I almost like, I almost included that. But I figured because it was an expansion, it wasn't quite the same category. Oh, so. I'm not critiquing. I'm just saying like it just underestimated. Like, it, it's like the only thing I, it was just like it, it's not even the half. Like right. you put that list in there and it's like that's not even there's still more. So it's like hard to like. Yeah, like I bought Yakuza like a dragon on the Steam sale. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> like, why did I buy it? I just really wanted it. I did the same thing and played like three hours of it so far. I kind of want to get back to it. There's an example of really whacked story and dialogue that I that I like because it's goofy as shit. Like it's so yeah. over the top and dumb that I that I'm yeah. really into it. Final Fantasy 16 is just so damn self serious that. It's harder for me to take it serious as a result, weirdly enough. Yakuza definitely gets long. If you don't like side missions, I don't know how far you've gotten, but there are periods in Yakuza games where the side missions are out of control. Yeah, I haven't gotten too much of that yet. With how long they are and how you're like, okay, like the Michael Jackson side missions. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen those ones. I, don't, I haven't, no. Are they, they're not really you... funny. They're not really great. You just bump into Michael Jackson, like, I guess. <laughs> It looks very Japanese. Like it's not like they took time to make an effort. Well, it is Michael Jackson. I don't know. There's just a weirdness to it that's like he's he's not. It's like they didn't put a lot of effort into making him look like Michael Jackson. Maybe for likeness, yeah, issues or something. They don't call him. Do they call him Michael? I think they do call him Michael Jackson. Is this in? They're like just a weird dragon? enough. They were weird enough. Fight. Like there's definitely missions that you're like, yeah, you know, this is like a, not like good. a dragon, not not uh, one of the other. I know it's Yakuza Zero, but I think it's in a couple Yakuza's. I think uh, it's kind of a running. Michael Jackson's kind of a running gag through them. Yeah. Um, but the one I experienced was in Yakuza Zero. I gotta get back to. I'm that. just saying, there's there is some filler in there. If you don't like the filler in in um, 16, I think you'll find some filler, some bad filler in, in Yakuza. But yeah, yeah, it takes a hundred hours. It's sort of the opposite, where it's like Final Fantasy games are like you just have to play for sixty hours, then it gets really good. In Yakuza, it's like no, no, it's really good for the first pile, and then you have a ton of side missions later, and you're like, I can't finish the game. Yeah, they get sloggy toward the end. Those games, Yakuza games, yeah. Too. Yeah. Although I don't know, I've never gotten far enough in one to say that I hit that wall. But this I think one, you just have to ignore the side missions, and then it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I just mainline it. Uh, what else? Okay, Octopath Traveler. This is a thing. So, so how how is it? Uh, I got two, uh, inst- uh, not one, and it was on sale, so that's why I got it uh, during the sale. And they actually had a sale where if you bought it by itself, it was more money. If you bought it, um, oh, sweet sale. Yeah. But if you bought it without the, um, uh, sorry, if you bought it where it came with some other secondary game that everyone hates, nobody really wants it, but it was cheaper if you bought those two together. It was really weird. Oh, weird. I forgot yeah. the name of the game, but there's something like that. Uh, it is it is a big, sprawling JRPG uh, from Square Enix, and I played uh, only a little bit of Octopath Traveler 1 on Game Pass when it first hit there. And just didn't get into it. I just was like, oh, this looks neat. And then I just didn't play it. Octopath 2, everybody's been raving about it. I've been kind of itching for turn-based stuff. And I don't know, just enjoying this sort of thing. And um, I really like Octopath Traveler 2. I don't know much about one's story, so I don't know how they carry into each other. But the game's pretty ingenious about taking eight different characters and you getting to decide who you're going to want to start with. So you want to start with this inquisitor guy. Cool. 
go go see his whole story. And then eventually he's going to bump into some guy, some rogue dude, and go, oh, shit, hi, who are you? I'm here to save you. And that guy says, oh, you wouldn't believe what I've seen. And then if you want, you can go play his origin story as well. Um, mm. And you can start with any of these people or pick them up along the way or ignore their stories altogether if you want. Uh, you can you know, One advantage of doing their stories is any XP or items you earn there, you can move forward as well. But it's it's uh, in some ways very traditional JRPG. Even the characters look like traditional kind of chibi-looking pixelated dudes. But the engine, the world this is set in, is a big dynamic 3D, 2.5D kind of rotating, crazy lighting sort of world. Uh, but at its core, it's random encounters. It's, you know, choose from a, a set of abilities um, it's like 2.5D, what they always call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, That's a great rollers. way of putting it. I yeah. think it is 2.5D if you had to define it. Um, you have towns where you buy shit and all that. Uh, you have all the all the systems you're used to in one of these kind of games. This is this is more of that. Where it, it kind of has me, uh, and I'll tell you where it lost me, but where it has me is the story is working for me and the acting a little over the top, but okay, it's not bad. Um. And I think the stories are compelling and I think the, the effects are crazy and the actual fights, the battles are like fun. Here's where I have a problem and it's not a problem. It's probably not that big of a problem, but this game has some difficulty spikes that are, are uh, you know, the player base knows about these and they talk about them a lot. If you read on Reddit and stuff, people don't love that the game will suddenly go from a pretty smooth curve and then just suddenly holy shit. And it'll end up being a fight that's 20 minutes long and that you lose and have to start over because the difficulty spike was just so hardcore. Is that the whole, you got to go back and do random encounters till you level up. You got to do some grinding. Yeah. A little bit of grindage needed. Um, which again, it's fine. I'm not, it's not putting me off of it. Like the way final fantasy 16 story is putting me off of it. This one is more, I think this would be worth it, so I'm going to go grind a little bit. So I've been playing this quite a bit. It plays extremely well on Steam Deck, so it's been nice and portable if I've needed it to be. Um, it's good. It's really good. I think these guys have a special game here, this series, and it's overwhelmingly positively reviewed on Steam for a reason, and I think I see why. Is this a game I will see to full fruition? I don't know. I don't know. Like the grinding yeah, might be uh, too much. That's a, that's always a tough thing. I know um, for me, uh, I played the first one for two hours and was bored. So you didn't didn't love it, eh? Yeah. So I'm I'm probably not going to play the second one either. But you know, people respond differently to different games. I just didn't. I don't. I've heard like I mostly hear nothing but great stuff like on Twitter or people that are playing it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. Uh, I found out to do anything different than the first one, I guess. Sure. And I don't think it does. There is one, there's a couple of new mechanics during battles that are different than the first one. I think the pacing's better is what people say. Again, I didn't play one, so I can't say, but I think the pacing's supposed to be a big improvement. Um, It will take you 60 and a half hours to beat on the main story, 82 hours if you do main and extra, and 91.2 or 91.5 hours if you're a complete completionist. So it's a big that's game. It's like a whoa, that's a big like difference, yeah, you know. It's a big game. Like usually it's like 80 then 100 or 140. This is like yeah, 20 hours for the main campaign. Yeah. Well, 60. Again, this is this is I think where this also becomes a real winner is that it's very TV friendly and um handheld friendly. Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the original Octopath was ex- was exclusive yeah. for uh 
Switch for a long time, and then it finally came to other stuff. This is on Steam and everywhere else right now, but um, yeah, I mean this won't this won't play on my Ambernick, but it'll sure play great on my Steam Deck, and it does. It plays extremely well there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see from this video, I mean, look at this lizard you're chasing. It's like this crazy, highly animated 2D art that we all want from old games, but mixed in with this really layered 3D world. It's really cool. It's really yeah, it's taking all the modern tools and. And just fabbing up the limitations of that era, yeah, that tickles our tickles our brain in a neat way. And like, why not? There's nothing wrong with it. That, yeah, it's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, uh, unified aesthetic doesn't doesn't you know? It's fine. I just um, yeah, I don't know. Turn based. Uh, I just think maybe it just didn't grab me story wise. Gotcha. That's what happened. It can happen. Um, I also played. Oh, I got back to Ghost of Tsushima. That's cool. Oh, yeah, what brought you back? I saw some <laughs> video footage of it. And I'm like, man, that game looks beautiful. I'll tell you what got me back. Still not on PC. Uh, yeah, that's, this is one I'm surprised isn't on PC yet. It seems like Sony, but it, this would be a no-brainer for them. Their Ratchet and Clank game's about to come out. They've had other stuff come that was released after this, so I don't know why that this isn't one of the PC ports yet. It's weird to me. but yeah, I agree. Um, it's excellent, and I'm further than I thought. I'm really not that far from beating it. I just need to just focus. Um, but the reason I got in, dude, is not because I was like, oh, I haven't played it in a while. Let me go check that out. No, it's because my PlayStation 5 was already running and I was trying to get myself to play Final Fantasy 16 and just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I went, oh, what else is on here? And then I found that and started playing that. And then again, you know, a much more, even though it's set in Asia, it's a much more Western style storytelling. And I think I just need to admit that that's just my preferred thing, you know. Like I'm going to take Game of Thrones over uh, anime, or you know, you know what I mean. Like I'm yeah, just. I mean, it's fine, you know. It's just, it's okay. Like it's doesn't make me a racist a hole. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the like, no, not at all. Okay, good. It's that's fine. good to you hear. Can, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. If, yeah, I don't. I don't, know, I don't watch any Italian television. I don't hate it, but I mean, is that a thing you can even get? I don't know where I could even get some. I Italian think they TV. have TV in Italy, like, and they make <laughs> the shows and stuff. I don't know. You know, like I, uh, it, I'm just like if I just say like hey, I'm not really interested in checking out any Italian stuff. It's not because it's not a it's not coming from a bad place. I just just not your thing you're being open and trying things so if anything it's the, it's a positive thing i i you know what that's how i'm gonna look at it there you go yeah. uh, it's a positive because and you know yeah. you love nintendo games so like that's japanese as shit too and, and you love them so it, it's I, I don't even think that you have anything to worry about or that it makes any sense there you go a plumber in a mushroom <laughs> land <laughs> It's supposed to be weird. We don't think it is because we're so used to it, but it's actually just some. It's actually weird. It is actually weird. You're not wrong about that. Okay, so I also got hooked on. I haven't been hooked on a, a mobile game in a while, and uh, found a mobile game that I think people may be interested in, especially if they played Wordle. Um, Wordle. I know we're all sick of Wordle, oh, yeah. but this isn't even I, got words in it. But it uses the Wordle idea of every day there's a new set of golf courses to beat, and. Well, that's um, kind of fun. Do you? How much energy do they give you? Um, you basically can do. Well, you have six holes each day. Mm-hmm. You have uh, a driver, a set of wedge clubs, and a putter to use. And 
during that time you try to get as many, you know, the best possible, you know, pars or whatever, like I only want to take three strokes here and two strokes here or whatever mm, on those okay. holes. And everybody gets the same course every day. It's always different. And so then when you're done, all your friends and you can like paste your scores in a discord or whatever, which we're doing on the frog pants discord every day. Oh, that's kind of neat actually. Yeah. And comparing scores. The same like community vibe of, Doing the activity, then comparing notes after. Correct. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That is the main comparison because otherwise, it's got nothing to do with words or, or any of that. It's just how did you do on your various holes of golf? And I'm staying competitive. I'm I'm among the best scores in our Discord, which makes me feel good. Um, it's a I fun. Like see them do it to something video gamey as opposed to word puzzles or math puzzles. Yeah, yeah, that's what attracted me. I think at first. And I don't remember who even recommended this. Somebody in our Discord was like, dude, you got to get this thing. It's so cool. Imagine it was like a, a, like the daily, I don't know, like like Metroid level. Or <laughs> I love that. I would play or that. A, a daily raid boss in WoW or something like that. The daily uh, morph ball challenge or something. I don't know what it would be, but I would or do something that. Something even more elaborate. Like if you think of gaming in the future, like 20 years, everyone's playing these super elaborate, complex games. But only one new challenge a day in it, and then everyone's sharing their their stuff and talking yeah. or talking about it in some way. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like it's it's basically in the in along those lines, and I'm having a ball with it. Um, and I haven't had an ad or anything, so I don't know how they're monetizing this. I don't have oh, no. I have no idea. It's is just this actually like um, what maybe, do they call them? Like just a, a nice developer making a Flappy Bird like kind of thing? Maybe because they have other they have other games that are more. Like, you know, one has, a, uh, they have a, I can't remember what it was now, but they have another game. What was it? I played a little bit of it because it's very similar look. It has a nice, very, I don't know, very nice engine looking thing. But, it, but this just really grabbed me. And the only bummer with it is if you were, if you're the kind of person who wants to just sit there and play hole after hole after hole, that's not this. This game is about let's get your best score and then submit your scores and even if you hit play again, again, it won't let you because it's like, no, you come here every day and, you, and this is the daily challenge, basically. Yeah, I mean, if it becomes part of a cultural zeitgeist, that's worth way more than cashing in a little on a little bit of click-through. Yeah, advertising yeah I agree with that. That's called Coffee Golf. I don't know if I said the name. Coffee Golf. Hmm. C-O-F-F-E-E Golf. And it's on Android and yeah. iOS and uh, total no-brainer. Yeah, kudos to this guy. There's $41 billion being made in 2023 and... Uh, coffee golf is making none of it. <laughs> yeah, making no money at all. I mean, maybe it's a lost leader, so they can make more stuff. I don't know, but um, yeah, eventually they'll hit you with the the the, the like a ball cosmetic mm-hmm. pack or something. Do you yep. want a purple ball? But it is delightful, fun little, yeah. very s- simple, but also elegant. It's a very good looking game, at least I think so. Um, that kind of thing might. I mean, depending on what you're looking at doing, that thing could kind of also be like a CV or a calling card for jobs and stuff too maybe or you know that's true yeah like think about the new york times bought wordle that's true and probably that guy who made wordles can work somewhere and be like i'm the guy that made wordle yeah for the rest of his life he'll be like the founder of uh, napster he can just tell people you can go to some vcs and be like i made wordle now i'm gonna make the next nft video game (laughs) like oh shit here's a hundred million dollars he's like sweet i win yeah (laughs) i don't even have to make anything nope let's burn this cash pretty sure that flappy guy flappy guy flappy bird guy made enough money to just you know never work again um the flappy bird guy i think so yeah oh i thought he got screwed did he? I thought he was making like 
a million a I day think, for a while. The, didn't he? I think no. I think there was a, a government thing that kind of got in the way. Oh, who was it? I what think, government? I can't remember. I think the developer's Chinese. Let's see. Thought I think how to make I can't money. remember. I don't want to say the wrong thing and be kind of like you know shitty about like what the information. But I think the Angry Bird dev like got screwed actually. Well, let's see here. So according to CNET, here's an article. Oh, they're debunking the game it. Down. It says, no, no, Flappy Bird developer didn't give up 50 grand a day. Although the hit game is no longer available, 50 million people downloaded it. Um, and oh, it's Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Billions of ad pr- impressions. Uh, okay, here we go. After Noonien told The Verge, the game, uh, massive popularity with more than 50 million people downloading it, was earning him $15,000 a day thanks to the billions of ad impressions. Um, Forbes, let's see. He later told Forbes he couldn't confirm the $50,000 number saying that he only knows it was a lot. So whatever that means. Okay. But well, maybe he did. Maybe, maybe I misread it or something. Can like you that. imagine that though? Making 50 grand a day on Flappy Bird just with ads. That's he, all it was he, was ads. He that took was it. it down voluntarily though. Yeah. Cause people were dicks or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. That's what I, I thought. Maybe there was something, there was something to it. Cause if I could go 90 days, with 50k per day how much is that money what what is that total uh hold on well, you just you don't like we don't know his personal circumstances but a windfall of money can create complications in some people's lives like yeah. you've heard of people winning like the world series of poker and then getting robbed yeah. by people you know yeah <laughs> or blackmailed like you know sure getting up very publicly getting a windfall of money and not being like butt rest uh, in sort of some sort of protective structure can like that might be, you know, it yeah. might be stuff like that, right? I mean, he like, claims every, the game ruined his life. Every, his everyone life. in the, his family is like, "Oh, please, like buy me a house." Yeah. You're the Flappy Bird guy, and he's like, "I'm not really making that much money." And P.S. I got to pay a ton of taxes. Or like, I don't, you know. Yeah. You you become very publicly known and get a giant windfall of money, and that probably can create like it's like it's actually you can kind of think like, oh, maybe maybe it's not all like it just seems easy, but those interpersonal human mm-hmm. things money can't really resolve unless unless you're hit with a, an absolute shit ton of it so if he ran for 90 days he ran longer than this but if i just say 90 days at 50k a day he would have made he would have walked away from that thing for with 45 million dollars to his name yeah and that's what i'm saying is if it was me and it wouldn't i don't think it'd be worth the heat of of that kind of exposure he was getting so if you're ma- if he truly made somewhere and let's say he just made ten million, I'd still walk away and say, Yeah, that's it, pull it and, and I'll never talk to another human being. I'm just gonna live the rest of my life and make do what I want to do. Because who do you have to impress now? Nobody. Just right. live your life. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would I just, do. Again, I don't like you kind of think like it, I think maybe if you win the lottery it'd be the easiest thing, but I don't you know, I'm just like, Oh, you know, there'd be a lot of work to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it be, is I think it's a lot of pressure. Community, you know. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be super public about it. Cause. Plus, plus he was fighting all kinds of ripoff things that were popping up on the app stores, and like everybody was trying to make a Flappy Bird competitor, and it's yeah. just a weird. That's a weird place to be. Um, well, that's what I played this week. So, uh, once again, Final Fantasy 16 almost got played. Dave the Diver, Octopath Traveler Two, Ghost of Tsushima, and Coffee Golf. Now I'm gonna do something a little weird here, John, who you heard just a minute ago. Uh, well, it's more than a minute, but a while ago here on the show, uh, sent a video in talking about what he played this week. 
So we'll see if any of this is weird, uh, given what we just talked to him about. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he was going to say, but I haven't looked at this because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted it to be raw for me and you just hear what he had to say. So we're going to play that. You'll also see video if you're watching this. And uh, let's see what John played this week. Why is it quiet? Hold on. Probably dead. All right, let me read. If you're hearing this message, it means I'm probably dead. Oh, jeez. Tired of taking care of a two-year-old. I'm sorry I couldn't. Okay. I'm sure whatever Scott Bo said about me probably isn't true. There we go. But uh, I did want to check in and let you know what I've been playing and just say hey and remind you that I'm also on the show. Uh, so I have played... <laughs> something that isn't called Final Fantasy 16 uh, and WWE 2K23 this week. I played two new games, uh, though they have both been discussed on the show in the past. Uh, number one is Dave the Diver. This one's going to be my controversial take. Um, I like it. I think it's a good game, but everybody seems over the moon about this game, and I'm going to tell you uh, I'm not nearly as excited about it you gotta get oh in my farther God. You, you gotta get oh, in farther just like the argument about final fantasy you gotta play longer john you gotta play longer so he called in to take you to task and now he's gonna <laughs> drop this bombshell of a recording and not let you well i guess you can respond to i can but yeah well let's let's see you know, maybe he's totally, he's totally above board it's super fair maybe it comes around let's see what we got yeah uh now it's definitely a personal preference thing the little mini game the restaurant serving mini game um, that style of video game has kind of been around for a long time. I've never liked it. I've always found it extremely <laughs> stressful. And so uh, Dave the Diver actually has a lot of video game mechanics that uh, stress me out. Time limits while underwater um, before you run out of air. Uh, serving people <laughs> in, a, in a time limit as they continue to get more and more angry that you're not serving them. Um, and it, it throws a lot of tutorial at you very, very quickly. Um, and I don't know why I think Scott just kept saying it was real chill. And I think I went in with a different expectation than what I got. I didn't feel very chill. Uh, I felt very tense <laughs> through the entire experience. <laughs> That's right. not to say that it's bad. I am having a good time with it. It is a lovely game. The humor is very, very good. Uh, it makes me extraordinarily hungry because, Man, I love sushi, and it just made me think about sushi the entire time. Um, so I think there's a lot of charm and a lot to love there. I think just uh, it weirdly hits a couple of like video game nerves for me um, that didn't quite work. And I'm going to get into it. I'm going to give it its due. But uh, that's where I'm at with Dave the Diver. Now, the other game I played, I spent a lot more time with... Uh, this is probably what I needed on a real stressful week. I thought Dave the Diver would be what I needed as an escape. That just stressed me out more. Uh, so the other game I played actually stressed me out far less, and that is Halls of Torment. Scott has talked about this game. He convinced me to get it. Halls of Torment is uh, the vampire survivors-like game stylized after Diablo 1. And this game is the most I have enjoyed a 
version of this style game since the original Vampire Survivors. I think it's absolutely incredible. I think it's really, really good. I think the difficulty is is there. I think that the way you can easily switch between automated things versus you pressing a button to do them by literally just pressing a button um, to auto-aim, to auto-attack, on or off, uh, is just really, really smart. It's a great way for the game to kind of appeal to someone like Scott, who has said traditionally that he wants more um, control over the game. He doesn't want to just move and hit. Uh, whereas for me, I I like it. But then I can also turn it off for times when the auto attack would be a little bit annoying. Um, when I want to kind of key in on a boss, or if I know I'm going to try and escape in a certain direction, I might start trying to fire in a direction that the auto-aim wouldn't want to do, so I can just switch it and then go to it. Uh, I think the unlocks are really good. Um, I, I, you know, If I was going to nitpick, I'd say the voice acting for the not-deckered cane is... <laughs> probably intentionally bad but it's intentionally bad in a way that is absolutely grating and awful yeah, exactly. um, but I, agree with I think that's also maybe a reference to deckard kane himself because come on that first voice <laughs> what was it? it was iconic now but what was it at the time yeah. so i think that uh it's just a fantastic game i'm having a ton of fun with it i'm still very early still doing the you know, get as much gold on a run as you can so that your next run is more successful. Only starting to get the hints of how incredibly overpowered you can become as I continue to unlock things. Uh, and it just has that perfect arc of I started and was like, oh, I am garbage weak in this game and then became uh, really impressively powerful as it went on. Um, anyway. To move quicker, because I, I don't know, Scott and Bo are watching this quietly right now, and that sucks for them. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'll just say there was no frog wrestling this week because, again, I'm not streaming or being on anything. But I did upload a special YouTube Elimination Chamber match uh, on my YouTube channel, Craftless Rogue, as a thank you for all the support that I've gotten for frog wrestling. So there is a little bonus there. If that's something you're into, make sure you check it out. I am also damn near done with final fantasy 16. I, it turns out right at the end of the game, Scott, you'll love this. There's a ton of side quests that open up. Great. Uh, you basically, everybody gets a side quest is how it feels. Great. And, uh, I'm going to start picking away at those. And then I have the final fight and uh, the final go i think i don't know if it's one fighter many um i have a lot of feelings about that game i would expect a full review maybe as a core daily when i do finish it seen as let's be real i'm going to be the only person on core that actually finishes the video <laughs> oh, dude. game so uh, more on that when i get there yeah. otherwise hey thanks everybody thanks scott and bo for listening to me talk i hope you had fun I don't know, putting an animated hat over my head while I spoke or something. I didn't do any of that. Uh, I will see you all next week. I miss you all, and I assure you you're having more fun than me. I'm going to get back to it. Bye, everybody. All right. That was great, John. Yeah. Um, great. He's right great about Halls of Torment. Halls of Torment is awesome. That game is great, and I think, uh, I think I knew when I started playing that 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 would be one he would like because it does, a, I think, the best job since Vampire Survivors of 
the power creep and also the feeling of I can be as casual or as as pokey as I want to be. Like I can I kind of can tailor how I want to play this game. It's great. I'm really glad he's playing that. So that's awesome. And it's cheap. Still like I don't know, four bucks or something. Totally worth yeah, grabbing. I mean, these things are made in the weekend, so it should be cheap. <laughs> yep. And then, oh, I grabbed another one. Uh, I haven't played it yet, though, but it was on sale today for seven bucks. It's, uh, oh, something zombie survivor. It's like a modern 3D engine where you're killing zombies instead of magic and all that. It's all zombie killing with guns and grenades and stuff. So, oh, yeah. That seems that's a good fit for sure. Yeah. Right. Yep. Hordes of zombies killing the killing with the controller stick yep i think it's called sense. i think it's called yet another let's see yet another zombie defense no survivors that's what it is it's called yet another zombie survivors mm-hmm. which i well, think is not? a sequel to a game they called yet another zombie defense which is a different game anyway uh moving on bo let's talk about what you played this week um, you mentioned your rogue. I, I assume you've gotten pretty far with that character. What's going on with that? I'm close to level 90. I'm pretty much like a, a bee's dick away from level 90. <laughs> oh, all right then. I don't well, know, know how so, big do so those I, get. I, that's an Australian expression, and I learned it from Ziggurat. Apparently, um, Australians say a bee's dick away all the time. That's like a comment. That's like saying Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and... In, in Ireland, <laughs> really? I've never heard that yeah, before. Yeah, okay, yeah. They, they, they're talking. I was like, I've never, in my forty-something years of living, I've never thought about bees, dick, or testicles, like <laughs> ever, until I heard that. Now all I can do, all I, all I hear in my head is bees, dick. The way you know, because cigarettes got an accent, so he's like, it's a bees, dick away. Do they have so, functional genitalia and stuff? I have no idea. I haven't even looked it up yet. I know what a duck dick looks like, but like not a bee's dick. Yeah, and that I kinda, corkscrew thing. I kind of okay keeping it that way. But if you want to look it up now, we can. Like, Very nice. You go. You go ahead. Tell me about your time. I just this picture game, their like it's Disney. <laughs> that, that, is that stinger his penis? Like yeah. yes. Does it get me on a list if I type bee penis? I don't think so. Oh, these aren't bees' penises. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez. What <laughs> <One> penis? <laughs> What does a bee's penis look like? According to Insect Society. Uh, <laughs> Insect uh, Society. <laughs> <laughs> their first headline here is, how is a bee penis organized? That's a weird thing to read. Um, uh, how is it organized? <laughs> oh, it's had three dis- consistent distinct parts. The vestibulum, which is, consists of a cornea and a hairy field. <laughs> hairy field? <laughs> The cornea is in, uh, in all sexual mature drones have an orange colored fluid in them. Also hairy areas on the ventricle side. Whoa. Is there jizz like honey? I don't think it's jizz. No, I know honey is not jizz, but maybe their jizz is also a honey. Like, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What, what if bee jizz is delicious? <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, I don't want to know. Uh, they also all males have a cervix. Uh, they say the cervix is another part of the bee's penis, which twists in the spiral. So kind of like the duck. Uh, there are hairy patches on the vent, uh, on the ventral and dorsal sides, even in the cervix. Likewise, the lobe, which is part of the cervix, consists of a notch at the end. And then finally, the bulbous <laughs> says this is the final part that opens into an ejaculatory duct. The so. way that's all described, all I can think of is house piping. <laughs> I just, like, I, I just I can't, I can't picture anything uh, organic listening to all that. Oh, and they even say during mating, the entire endophallus gets inverted, and these structures aid in the transfer of sperm between bee and Ooh. queen. Yeah. 
There you go. Wait, I think a bee dick might look like a xenomorph. A little bit. They've got kind of a sh- close-up here that's, I guess... Whoa! Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. That's some weird shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, the insect world, man. It's it's, it's rough. How, yeah, what is even... Like, whoa. And also oh, the, like the, queen, in. the queen bee, according to this, uh, copulates with multiple drones per day, which helps to improve genetic diversity in the colony. What? Are they polyamorous? Big like, time. are they... To- I mean, bees are so efficient. Well, the queen is. The drones are all doing it with her, but she's doing it with like a hundred drones. Yeah, she's just like, well, you know, <laughs> we only have a baby like once a year. They have like so many babies a minute know, per or hour something. Or something yeah, like that. yeah, like you know, it's, they're efficient, man. Yeah, we learned a little something today. That's a good. Anyways, little. science. A all right, stick, uh, cigarette bee stick's not that small. Nope. It's it's, it's kind of it, also it's disgust. Australians are disgusting. Uh, they damn well are. Quit talking yeah, about BPS. Like oh my god! Yeah, that's gross. Anyway, Diablo, look at your. Oh, you know what's like a cu- yeah. honeycomb for a bee is your um is your uh, your your uh, what do you call it your freaking talent tree now because you got all this shit in there now. So yeah, uh, there yeah, that's yeah, my tra- yeah. that was my transition. So enjoy. Okay. It. Well, you know, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, there's not much to say. I mean, you know, I'm still playing the game. I think I'm gonna finish the rogue up. Try and get him to a hundred still. It's still the longest part of the slog, so I don't know, man. But I kind of just want to do it, but I think I'm done with the game after that. Oh, my gosh. So I finished the Renown Tracker. I've done all content in the game. Yeah. Uh, Side quests, missions, dungeons. I've seen it all, except for the cow level. There is no cow level. But that's, if there that's is, what Blizzard says. They're not talking about it. If I mean, if, if there is, I, wouldn't, I won't have seen it. Well, let me ask yeah, you I'm this: not, If this new this out. new season, oh, I got it. So I was in such a fever haze when I was sick. I heard the some of the new Diablo announcements, and I heard Blood Knights were coming to Diablo Four, not Immortal. Yeah, I had that confusion. Too. Oh, that annoyed me yeah. so bad. I was yeah. so irritated. So yeah, we talked about it last week, but it's worth mentioning with you in case you have any thoughts about it. Season one's announced. Yeah. Um, it's called Season of the Malignant. Basically, there's certain elites that drop a, a heart. Mm-hmm. And I guess you consume it, and then a harder version of, of that elite appears. You beat it, then you get a heart that is a gem that is socketable. And the gems, there's 32 of them. They function like like weirdo gems, like legendary gems in D3. Like they do things like arc lightning. Like they're further like aspecty, build changing things. Right. Seems cool, yeah. you know. Yeah. And there's they're adding a bunch of 32 new aspects, five u- new uniques, and one main quest line for the season. Okay, and the quest so, line's a storyline, quest line like a quest has a storyline, but I think the way they set expectations, I feel like it's on the level of a side quest kind of thing, not some main. Right. Don't think campaign, uh, cinematic, huge story with different tiers and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but the rest you can expect. It's like D three. You know, you have your season journey to complete, and you know you got a bunch of objectives to do, and you play the game pretty much the same way as you played it before. You know, so I'm a little like, I don't think this is going, I think this might be a little bit of a, a little bit of an oopsie. Oh, like a letdown as far as, uh, well, this is a big global game, right? It's got to appeal to a lot of people. I don't think this is going to appeal to a lot of people. I think they did. I think this season right now looks like something on par better than, but on par with something Diablo three seasons had. And to me, Diablo three seasons was kind of like let's let's for the people who love the Diablo game, let's make something for them to do. They never struck me as man. This will really entice a lot of people to come into this game. Yeah. 
but they have the world's attention right now. So I was always saying like they have to do something really special to make the seasons enticing, and this isn't it. I, I you know I still love what they did, and I have nothing but compliments. But this isn't going. I don't think that I could be mistaken. I don't think this is. This doesn't look like the big, you know. Oh my god, I gotta play this. I think a lot of people who who play the campaign and bug out are not are probably still gonna bug out. Sure, they may check out the season, All right? But I don't think they're. Get, there's already a lot of doom and gloom, unwarranted. But it's I think it's because people don't understand the genre uh, that much, and that would be Blizzard's job to sort of make people enticed into it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's just going to be the hardcores. I don't mean hardcore version. I just mean people who are really into Diablo that are going to stick around. And there's still going to be plenty of people. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I guess it's good that these seasons are at the very least, a, they are baseline, what, three offered plus some things, right? So at the very least, you're getting like that. And then yeah. they can just add on to that. Like my hope is that they will just get cool ideas as time goes. And they will like say, that's, all right. That's good. Yeah. Over two years of doing it, they'll be adding a lot of stuff. Right. right. The the problem is not for the, the like for for me like I'm definitely interested I see everything I like it looks interesting right but mm-hmm. they're you know the, the big complaint out there is like you got to start a new character for a season you know we're like oh, people are we're, weird we're, like get, that. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves if we're trying to sell this to mainstream audiences yeah and this was definitely I think it sold really well and has a lot of more mainstream type people playing. And I think the idea of just playing the campaign again for the pleasure of a few different items is not going to cut it. Because I don't think a lot of people are even getting to playing to level 100 necessarily. I don't know what those stats are like, but mm-hmm. I think they need like, I think enticement for some, it's like how Warcraft does it, right? Where it's like, check out this new content drop. It's got new zone and new story and you got a little cinematic that goes with it. You know, I just think it needs a little more. Uh, on that front enticement i agree you know? i think if they want to keep I players would. who aren't already in the grind they probably need to do more yeah. of that yeah, yeah like uh, something something flashy and new and like you know i don't path of exile it kind of does this sometimes a little bit where they got their modes but i would even say that path of exile hasn't succeeded really like i think they just still please their client base yeah blizzard's a different company they got to like you know, when a Hearthstone expansion comes out, there's a fun new song and fun new things, and you can see it bringing in people who've never played the game before. Right. I just don't see anything about what they've done here with the season that good. But you know what? Maybe that's okay. Maybe the plan is to keep the seasons humble until, you know, two or three or four. You know, you can still hold out hope that there's something down the line. Yeah. But I'm personally, I'm kind of glad for it. Even the devs said, go play some other shit, basically, um, to people. Yeah, they did. They said basically they said it's okay if you're taking a break from Diablo. Basically, yeah, they they're like they're, they kind of said like buzz off, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this game is probably going to be like I told John last week. This game is probably going to be really great, you know, in two or three years. So it's all a good foundation, and we're really happy with what they had, and it's fun. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically going to break up with this game for a little while when Baldur's Gate comes out and Starfield and a hundred other other things to do. So yeah, we're going to have, but I've had a really good time with this game and I look forward to playing again in the future for sure. Yep. Same. You're kind of right where I'm at with it. And I haven't played near as much as you. I've played enough to, you know, get one character to 60 something, another character to 30 something. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Diablo. That's, that's fun, but I kind of needed a little bit of a, I guess I admit because of the hardcore race, it was tempting for a little while as I, you know, I've said on the show last week, but I'll be leaving my full-time job in October. Yeah, but grats, I forgot to even say anything, but grats on that idea. It's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it's a big move. I've been talking about it for years. Scott can attest to it, you know, and then we're finally making some solid moves here. Yeah. 
And, you know, it becomes tempting to think like, hmm, I'm, 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 you know, I know a lot about the game. I'm clearly more invested and better at the game than I gave myself credit for. Yeah. Not that 300 isn't first place, but it's 300 more than the 60 million people that bought the game. Like, it's actually pretty, de- you know, I could very easily become a content creator for this game, for example. Yeah. I don't know that I want to do that, really. You right. Know, I just I really like the game. I'm really good at it, but that was a different era of my life. And I think I'm having those thoughts where I'm like, should I play this more? Should I get all the classes? Like, should I make some video content? And I don't, I don't think I have quite enough interest in that side of things, like explaining all the spreadsheet shit. Like, I, yeah. So, because you so wanna... think I need to get off the ride. I think I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna play it like I'm a content creator for this. I'm gonna play it like I really enjoy it, and then I'm gonna say goodbye because i want to play Baldur's gate that's also a very competitive place to get into if you want to get into the spreadsheet world of every min max every little nook and cranny of a game like diablo 4 you'd have to really really commit because that's already people are already playing it every day for years like i sort of that's why i'm like i I like the content creators in the diablo space but i also feel bad for them because all they do is play this game and i'm like there's no arpg in existence that you should play 200 to 300 days a year like there are other games out there put on a vr headset once in a while like just do something it makes me sad for them yeah even if they're making money i just still think on some level they they must really be wired to like it because i know i've fallen asleep playing this game numerous times and i play hardcore <laughs> damn and i like the game but i'm like i've been playing too long and i'm just like yeah i'm like all right stop playing is your rogue anywhere near uh, having died or anything like is it? Oh my god, yes! Holy shit! Really? I think I got down to like five percent health the other. Day. Rogue is not as resilient as Barb. Mm. It's it's way more of a heart attack generator <laughs> uh, for sure. I'm worried I'm going to get killed. I got to do a defensive pass on my itemization as I hit the nineties because yeah. like the I'm playing a ranged build that that is using auto non meta. By the way, I probably should put it out at least a video of that. I'm using like a noob. Um, weapon that mm. doesn't have vulnerable damage it's not a crossbow it's a bow yeah and um i'm you know i use rapid fire and auto attacks and auto attacks are notorious for sucking and uh you know i'm actually doing pumping out pretty good damage not crazy damage not yet but i'm pumping out good damage with the auto attacks yeah high attack speed but i got to keep myself away from everything and you can see that in the gameplay footage right yeah uh, so I can be very squishy and the biggest enemies are like barriers and barriers and health buffers. Oh my God. That's when things get really dangerous mm. or those, you know, those crazy, you know, they have those crazy rooms where they lock you in and there are 80 monsters appear. Those can kind of get overwhelming too. Those oh, are like, yeah. like trouble areas, but I can melt the boss in like two seconds. Yeah. If it's like a big health sponge, I'll, I can, I t- two tapped a boss at one point, like just two rapid fires and went boop, boop, and died. Damn. Wow. So I got good single target, but, and my AOE is okay as long as they don't have, see right now I'm fighting defensive boosters. I got to like shadow step in there, try and kill the defensive boosters, but the spiders are overwhelming me. So it's kind of hard to get at them. Yeah. Those guys can be a real pain in the ass. I feel like this yep. game, um, you know, all Diablo's always had uh, collision detection with characters and creatures and stuff, but yeah. this feels way more stringent. And I don't know if it's just the feeling I have, but I always feel like I'm stuck. On yeah, something. pathing is a is a real like skill check in this one versus yeah. other ones. Yeah. Um, and it, it's telling that on both my barb and my rogue, I ended up uh, using the affix for a lot of it. That when you get unstoppable, you get um, illusory boots where you can walk through enemies without. Oh. Like there is an ability where you you know in D three you get the illusory boots, and then you wouldn't get 
block body block by them right. and it exists in a form in D4 but you have to have unstoppable uh the unstoppable status effect for that to for trigger. those to even work wow yeah wow but it, it it matters when it matters basically you're as a rogue I'm stuck with a bunch of people I hit unstoppable and I can also ghost through them and get away with, right. with concealment so I'm invisible and I'm zooming out of there right. um same with shadow step like I shadow step far away and then get out yeah it works yeah that's great uh t100 hardcores coming up everybody yeah i think so trying for the second one yeah Yeah. do you i mean i know at one point you were saying i'm going to take every one of these classes to hardcore 100 not not feeling that anymore well that that, again that goes with the whole like man (laughs) i made top 1000 maybe i maybe i should be a diablo maybe scott was right yeah you know you mentioned like are you gonna play this and make some content for it and i'm you know i'm feeling myself and i'm like all right let's do all five but i'm still working at my job i, I can't know life yeah it's characters. a different it's thing, still 150 right? hours per character yeah. and i'm not cutting content off this so <laughs> you know apart from talking on the show which is great i just don't you know why why would i put myself through that when a season comes up i'll pick a class and try to run it maybe i'll do it that way or something like that just like i do for d3 it's always a the other thing is even if you were really if you really did have that passion spark to like go whole hog into diablo content creation you still there's still that thing in the back of your head going well will the game be supported in a way by blizzard that will make that worth extra you know totally worth yeah. it in the end yeah yeah absolutely like the statue was a thing but it's not like there's going to be a statue every season because that stuff's going to wane gonna right? be for yeah. fun yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think i felt like world of warcraft especially in the early days was was really well suited and it was partly because blizzard really helped it be but it was well suited for content creation it's created all sorts of careers mine included I mean, and, if they want to invite me to BlizzCon to race live on stage and show that kind of commitment, uh, I don't know. Like You could do that. I, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, they want to support an up-and-coming. I'm sure there's better content creators that they could get for that than me. But. Yeah, but who has cool uh, white shock streaks in the? In I their think temples? I'm a good – I'm a great salesman for lots of – over the past 10 years, we've sold lots of hero stuff and <laughs> yeah. sold lots of video games. I, do you know how many Amber Nicks we sold in one night? It was yeah, insane. Like I, I'm one good partnership with the right company away from, from something real special. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be Diablo. I just don't. Yeah. I don't think I think they have people they like already and people that are definitely higher on that yeah. higher on that like notoriety than me, but you know, I think I think that game's out there. Uh you also messed about with Tailspire and Dungeon Alchemist. These are yeah. to- both tools. Speaking of yeah. games that I am liked for making content for, <laughs> you know, TTRPGs, I definitely get lots of positive feedback. Sure. So I was uh, playing around again with some VTTs cuz Along with the announcement that, you know, I am going to be leaving my full-time job to, you know, create content, uh, big, a big thing in the air is, you know, will you play D&D? What will that look like? Will right. there will be dungeons come back? Will you do something else? You know, and I just feel like there's a strong impulse to do that. Right. So I started playing around with these two VTTs because I, I just, I have we haven't been doing it. I think it's been a year since we stopped There Will Be Dungeons. About a year now, yeah. And I think so. And I just wanted to get up to date, you know, while I have the downtime up to date on some tools. So they're like quasi video games. They're in my Steam library. Uh, but Tailspire is a is a 3D virtual tabletop where you can like you can kind of play it like a video game. Like it's almost like Mario like um 
map maker or Mar- what is it? Mario, oh, Mario maker. maker. Yeah, you put tiles yeah, out. You, and then... you make a level and everyone can get in and move their pieces around, but it's all 3D and video gamey. Can they, sweet. That seems pretty cool because most of the ones, well, you'll talk about Alchemist in a second, but mm-hmm. that game's more, or that thing's more about generate the stuff and now I have maps, but it's not really like, here's move your pieces around in it. And that's that sets no. this apart a little bit, which I kind of like. That's what makes Tailspire unique. Um, I think it, it's got good, I went in to check it because it's still in early access. It's got a lot more map assets now and there's even, I think the link will take you to like a whole city in Faerun was created as an example oh and it's just kind of wow. nuts yeah like so you know um looking at that it'd be I, i'd rather do that than roll 20 it would certainly up the like aesthetics of, of a stream potentially if it has nice graphics and using a nice app oh hell yeah and um dungeon alchemist is kind of the same where it's like but the big claim to fame with dungeon alchemist is that you can auto generate rooms with its ai driven deal real fast it's, it's impressive like, yeah i have it as well it's like oh okay yeah so you, you just tell a room about. yeah you're like hey i want this room to be full of you know i want i don't know whatever you want to put your prompts in and it just goes yeah. and it's done it's crazy oh it's a tool i would definitely want to use because i mean it depends what setting we do there's a part of me that wants to do i have an idea for a fantasy setting for like a whole campaign mm-hmm. and i wanted to do one just strictly because the map tools for online are most robustly support medieval. <laughs> like, yeah. You want to do like uh, jungle prehistoric. You want to do science fiction. It's like there's stuff, but you're gonna put a lot of effort and you know. But fantasy, they got you covered. Yeah, tons. Yeah. So I was like, for that alone, Dungeon Alchemist is just like draw. I can drop and make maps. Sometimes it was so frustrating cobbling together 50 different map packs to get the effect I wanted in the modern setting that we had. Yeah. I think that so, is that thing is designed to answer that that need right there, you know. Yeah. That's and I mean making. it makes sense probably if you're doing market research, what do what are most TTRPGs set in? Probably fantasy. It's yeah. probably D&D and it's probably a fantasy setting. So Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. Well, this looks impressive. I haven't played with this one at all with Tailspire, but Tailspire? it seems neat. Yeah, Tailspire is interesting, like I said, because it is a VTT. Like, th- this is an insane map that someone made, but, like, you can peel away the layers, and it's multiplayer. Four people could log into this and move their pieces around. That's cool. And it, it runs pretty smoothly as well. It wasn't, I mean, this was a little laggy because it's a giant map, but even on, sm- on small maps, it was not laggy at all. It has lighting sources. Does, you know... Light, like light, lighting in, in Roll20 had to be programmed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, lighting uh, here just kind of works. It's yeah. great. Roll20 is like, um, I don't know, it's like. It's ne- very fiddly. It's like Netscape 1.0 compared to like Chrome today or something. It's just. Yeah. I logged into it though. They have done some updates, but not enough to make me happy. I wanted to upload six megs of assets and it said I hit my 100 meg limit. Oh. And I had to, I was like, 100 meg limit? Oh, my God. So you got to go, like, a eliminate them? account? Like, what is this? Yeah. Holy shit. I wouldn't love that. That would annoy me. Yeah. This is cool. Uh, so, of the two, do you, like, have a favorite? Like, or just two different applications, like, two I different I think Tailspire is a little, little harder to use. I like them both, though. Mm. But they're not interchangeably useful. That's the only issue. Yeah. But uh, for what they do, I think they're really they're really interesting to me. Like yeah. I said, this will allow you to make flat maps. I really wish there was more VTTs that supported animated maps. Yeah. I know when we did the game, I was always like, "Do you see the animation?" You're like, "Doesn't animate for me." Yeah, depending on the browser. <laughs> I was like, and this all sucks. That. that did suck. I hated that. 
But this way, so you'd be able to do. I mean, I would see what you see because I'd be running a client and capturing it, and we would see. Well, it. this would be in three D, right? Right. But then I export it to do two D. So this is just a two D generator for the most part. The 3D oh, right. is like just makes it's pleasant to be in the app, and you can record videos, and there's some tools in there. But this isn't really useful as a VTT. I don't think, or at least not yet. It's still also an early access, and that could come. But you can make really high-fidelity maps with this generator and export them to flat screen. And again, all the, all, always the trouble with pre-gen art packs is they give you 20 rooms, and none of them are the room you envisioned in your mind. <laughs> right. You know? Right, so it's right. just like, it, it's nice to be able to, like, draw your own, and this produces high-quality output as well. So, huh. yeah. Sounds like and it's just fun to use. Yeah, I, these are this one is really fun to use. I ended up getting a copy, and all you got to do is just, I mean, you can well, give it a theme. Like, you kick you remember um, we went through, uh, was it Trashburg? Yeah. And I made a huge map, and you guys were going through Trashburg, and I, yeah. I just copy-pasted the same building over and over again. Yeah. Because I don't want to create 56 different individual rooms and plant every single bookshelf, chair. Yeah. You know, I want I want to just drop a room. That's where the procedural generation is nice. I just dropped fifty six rooms. They're all kind of. They're all kitchens. They all look random. It's great. Yeah, you know, like they all look very curated. But they. But you didn't have to worry about any of that. It just. Yeah, happens. that's where this really saves you time. Is it looks like you spent time meticulously making a room. I'm just dropping random shit on this map here just to see what they all look like. Sure. But um, yeah, you can really produce great effects. Yeah, it's neat. Um, I uh, I'm I'm excited for you digging into this stuff because it means we can do something rad. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there you go. That's what we played this week. We're going to take a break, though, now. And when we come back from said break, uh, we're going to dive into some additional news, a couple of emails, that kind of stuff. No Dear Martha this week. John's out. So none of that. But uh, more other things uh, are coming right up. So come come back for more other things right after this. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. Uh, we were only gone for a little bit there. We hope you enjoyed your your time at the lake <laughs> and uh, yeah, whatever else I you did. guys did while we did that. I had one thing I forgot on my games play. That What's that? It's not going to take long. It's just a bit of a confession. Sure. But I installed Black Desert online. <gasps> you know what? I get the itch once in a while. How is that? I mean, is it? it's still just a so grind they, fest, so right? They parted ways with their with the company, like Cacao Games. It's now just Pearl Abyss in control of their own stuff. Yeah. And the YouTube sphere on that game has been really pumping up. Like, this is a good time to get back and play. There's a new zone uh, called Land of the Morning Light, I think. Like a X-Pack, so to speak. And they've apparently taken out some of the grinds. It's more story focused. And while they don't still have good end game, PVE end game, um, they've increased some where they have these bosses that you can challenge at progressively harder tiers in groups. And, um, you know, they're, they're like apparently making strides in the right direction. And, you know, that game has a lot of flaws, not its combat. No. You know, and I, I, like, I'm like, oh, I can skip this game. And then they show me one of those combat trailers. And I'm like, how is this not the greatest video game of all time? Like, Shit. The, you know, the combat just looks so badass. I think you talked to I'm going to play. I'm going to install it. Well, so I, I, I started a new character. So they have, they have um, seasonal channels. Yeah. Which is, it's like Diablo seasons, but they ramp up your XP like crazy, apparently. Yeah. So you can only do one per season, one character per season. What happens to the character at the end of the season? It's still a playable character? It converts and... to regular. Okay. 
So you can level it to 60, which is soft max, and then just have the character. And you can keep doing that every season. I have an itch for this kind of game right now. And uh, this new zone is very Korean-inspired. Apparently, it's like Korean mythology. Like, like, I don't know anything about Korean mythology, so it's kind of neat. Like, there's this giant tiger called Song-Hoo or something like that, and all the characters, like, they don't look like the weird medieval, the Korean take on medieval white guys. It's all, you know. They have like it's all Asian inspired influence. They're Korean, I assume. Like I don't know to what extent it's generic versus specific to Korea, yeah. but South Korea. But it's 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 neat. It's still like kind of the janky, and you know the way they handle conversation is not the best. Yeah. Like dun 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 dun. Like there's a dun after every line of dialogue. It's weird. All fully voice acted and well voice acted though, hmm. like noticeably. Um, Just like, in there that are zone, improvements. in that new zone, or yeah, the whole. Yeah, I started okay. a brand new character. Uh, and everyone's going to laugh at me. I started the child character. What? <laughs> I made a shy. Well, they're not child. They're like, you know, some weird race of child characters. All right. But the boomerang looks, they got a big boomerang the size of their body. And I was watching video of them throwing it around. I'm like, maybe that's kind of cool. I might change it. I don't know. And you can skateboard on it. That's what really sold me. You can like, you can drop it down and like surf on the ground with the boomerang. And I was like, I want to do that. That that was the, that was the. That's why I picked it mainly. Gotcha. Um, Is it yeah, Wait, can you not be that class? It's not. Uh, you have to be that that class or that race to be that class. Is that the deal? Yeah. Well, again, there's no race and class choice, right? Or gender choice. You when you pick the choice, your gender's chosen for you. Your race is chosen. Oh, that's for you. right. I forgot. Yeah. Like for the most part, I think you can do skin colors, but nothing too. <laughs> you know, it's sure. nothing too wild. And yeah, you know, um, I have a little shy character but it's been mostly story so far i've played like 30 minutes just damn. like damn it works on me every time i see someone enjoying the, the the bdo and playing like the cool combat i'm like i have to play yeah kind of got me in the mood to reinstall it now i mean why not i'll check it out i've been in the, i've been kind of a mmo desire mode but Same. I, but i've played everything and it's like i kind of wanted to poke around in something i haven't played as much of and this would be that I mean, um, the other the thing I'm waiting for is the official WoW servers, and then I think what I want to do, I don't know if you or John will be interested, but I think there's people in our community that'll be interested. I want to like, I just want to like log in with 50 other players and just like do dumb stuff that you can do with that many players. And you it's know, pure level quickly. Or, it's yeah. pure hardcore. Uh, or sorry, the plan is they are only doing this with classic. There's none of this is coming to the main game, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Classic and probably Wrath Classic servers, if I had to guess. Which too, makes maybe. sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, which I know we have a news article to discuss that a little bit later. But right. it's an MMO. Like that definitely gave me the desire to be like, I want to play with people again. Yeah, and not in Final Fantasy. I want to go where the people are. You said to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So WoW is still just the goat. I mean, at this point, I yeah. can't. I've been watching um, uh, this uh, YouTube content creator called Josh Strife Hayes, and he does a series called Worst MMO Ever, and he plays like the worst MMOs, <laughs> like the like just ones you've never heard of, like right. just terrible MMOs, and it's great. But it's funny watching that it makes me want to play MMOs, even though they're terrible. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I want to. I pl- I've been playing too many games. Even Diablo, it's online, but I play solo. Yeah, I need I need like some good 
world. I, I have a desire for something good, and I just can't think of anything better than than that I that I like better than WoW, or that is better than WoW. There so are there's know. a new wave of MMOs coming out in the next six months, but I don't know what any of them are, or I haven't really looked that deep into what's being made now, or what's what's what people have their eye on. I'm sure there's something cool though in there. Well, oh. there's the Palia, which I also have. It's a news. Oh yeah. It's in the news too. It's a it's a like an Animal Crossing style MMO, which looks interesting. Yeah, I remember this was one of the last things we discussed on the instance before its final episode, and um, at the time, Jocelyn was out of her mind, stoked about it. X Wow Devs on the team, I think. Yeah, um, it's open beta in August, so we'll be able to check that out. I guess. Yeah, I'll definitely check. I'll if this is open beta next month, or yeah, next month, I'll I'll try yeah. it. Why yeah. not? It, and like it's that Stardew Valley style game. It even sounds interesting to me. I'm curious to know what an MMO version of that game looks like. If it's yeah. something I want to play. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Um, and uh, we don't know much about that project at what is it, Odyssey from Blizzard? Oh, the survival game? Um, yeah. Whether it's going to be an MMO light or like fun online <clears throat> experience. That that might be just what we need. You think this year the, the Blizz, BlizzCon is a place to talk more about that game? Probably. Hell yeah. When was the last time I had an in-person BlizzCon? Mm, they got to do something big. 2019. So. It's been a while, man. It's been a bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're going to talk about the new season of Diablo. They're going to talk about Warcraft stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think Overwatch will just kick the can down the road. Hope beyond hope. StarCraft 3. Yeah. Maybe a little Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> just kidding. They won't do that. They no, won't talk they about won't that. They won't do that. No. Not yet. It'll be in the no. arcade basement thing they always do now. Once Microsoft buys it, then we start messaging Phil. <laughs> we need him to feel about heroes the way he feels about Hexen. We can get that happening. Yeah. Get the two yeah. H's going. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to some uh, other stories that have been hanging around. Um, I'm in the wrong tab, so I probably need to get out of that. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about this. Uh, I'm actually going to move this, hard, this hardcore wow thing up because... We have, a, we have a special presentation prepared. Okay. So, wow, hardcore players ruined, or player, rather, ruined 10,000 plus hours of everyone's work with a Leroy <laughs> Jenkins-style accident. Okay? So, this happened. Now, rather than try to describe to you what happened, I'm going to play, I'm going to play it up a little bit um, and do it this way. So, so, check this out. Here you go. A guild of some of the most dedicated World of Warcraft classic hardcore players in the world was brought low by a notorious griefer, ruining 10 plus hours of work in the process. The guild HC Elite were attempting to conquer all of WoW Classic's raid content using the community's unofficial hardcore, aka One Life Permadeath, rule set before Blizzard introduces their own official hardcore servers later this summer. Until July 11th, they had nearly succeeded, conquering almost every challenge the game could throw at them over the last year. All that remained was to complete the game's final raid, Naxxramas, and the final three bosses within, the Four Horsemen, Sapphiron, and Kel'Thuzad. It was on the Four Horsemen, perhaps the most challenging boss fight in all of WoW Classic, that a griefer known as Teeny Violin, who goes by Tiny Violin 69 on Twitch, made their move. The player was one of the guild's tanks, assigned the role of tanking one of the fight's four bosses, Sir Zeliek, in a corner of the room far from the rest of the raid. 
Shortly after the raid engages the bosses, it became clear something was wrong. Tiny Violin started to move the boss to the correct corner, then proceeded to drag him all the way to the opposing corner, where most of the raid was standing. Sir Zeliak has a nasty ability known as Holy Wrath, which acts as a chain lightning effect that bounces between players that are too close and deals massive damage. Once it became clear Sir Zeliak wasn't in the correct corner of the room, alarm bells began ringing. Concerned members of the raid almost immediately knew Tiny Violin had to be trolling, and attempts by other players to pull aggro off Tiny Violin and reposition Sir Zeliak failed. It was only a matter of seconds before more than half of the raid was killed by Holy Wrath. Players scrambled to flee and cheat death. In the end, only four members of the 40-player raid survived, a few lucky players able to use their hearthstones to teleport out of danger. As players began dying, Tiny Violin can be heard on stream saying it was an accident and that he didn't realize he had moved the boss to the wrong corner. Players both within HC Elite and the wider community weren't buying it. It was clear that Tiny Violin knew the mechanics of the boss and had simply bided his time until a particular endgame boss fight where he knew he could destroy the raid with little chance of other players preventing the atrocity. <laughs> One of the guild's survivors was the Paladin Calamity. In an interview with popular WoW streamer Asmongold just a few hours after the event, Calamity said the guild had been raiding four or five times a week for seven months in order to achieve their goal. Most players in the guild had anywhere between 20 and 30 days of playtime on their characters. The sudden death of most of the guild actually came as a relief to some members, Calamity said. Others were understandably upset, as they had come extremely close to accomplishing their goal, only for it to be snatched away by a griefer. Oh, man. It's an intense story. I had to have it. I had to present it in an intense way. You know, was that is that a that wasn't a real narrator? No, that was an AI. The part that, that was epic, though. It was. I, I loved the voice of it. The, yeah, he needs to be on this show more often. We yeah. have to find new re that voice. He didn't mispronounce too many things. He sounded like a, one of the BBC presenters. Who's yeah? Like, he got Kelthazad yeah. right. He got um. Well, the only part he screwed up is where it said ten thousand hours. He goes one zero 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 hours. <laughs> yeah, not to tell that you're an yeah. AI. <laughs> that was a little bit weird, but um, yeah. Oh, what a shit. story! That was and, great. That yeah. was that was epic. I loved that. It made it, it made it more fun to hear it that way for me because otherwise, and the music selection too. It sounded like uh, you know investigative journalism on NBC or something. That's right. We're here to expose the uh, the troll that ruined the raid. Uh, well, anyway, there's that story that, that happened. That's that's. Do you have it? Like, I guess I have something to say on the issue. Oh, give it to me. Yeah, whatever you got. Which is just, you know, I see a lot of reactions like, this is why hardcore is stupid. This is why I won't play hardcore. Mm. And I'm just going to say it again. Nope, this is totally why you do it. And these people are going to be back at it for sure. Mostly. They probably will. I no longer live a life where I can do this. It would be too much uh, time to commit to that and then lose it all. But... Saying that, and, and and so it's easy to say, well, this isn't for everyone. Obviously, it isn't. But for those it is for, I am so happy for them because this is rad. It's a very cool way to play a game like this. 
and you get both the combination of you're playing your classic uh, nostalgia laced game that you loved back in 2004 and six and eight. Um, but you're also doing this crazy challenge with real danger. Like I really respect yep. it for what it is. It's the stakes. The story was nothing without the stakes involved in it. Right. And, oh yeah. This stuff, why would we even do like, I wouldn't have gone through all that rigmarole to voice that up and get music and all that. Had it not been so, over the top epic, right? That's a better yeah, it, story than Final Fantasy 16 has told me so far. The, the PC Gamer article on this was interesting because they cover Eve Online a lot, and I liked like the, the commentary, and it was like so, so a Tuesday in Eve Online, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the people are being so dramatic about hardcore WoW, and <laughs> this particular writer was like, yeah, this is you know. In certain gaming circles, this is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you love to see it, man. Like this, this guy. Uh, it made me made me think a lot about Game of Thrones, right? Mm. And the Red Wedding. Like yeah. this, this yeah. group got red weddinged, and he, you know, Rob didn't see the treachery, and the players didn't see the treachery. Apparently, this guy was a known griefer. Yeah, uh, Tiny Violin sixty nine. Who'd have thought? Tiny, yeah. Who would have guessed a, bit, a guy with, with a bit tiny of research? Violin. You know, they they might have figured it out, <laughs> but they were arrogant, and they got got. And that's that's part of, that's part of the danger of hardcore, I would think. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say, but still, people should still play. I, I just saw some people that were like, oh, because this is an issue, they shouldn't put the hardcore servers out. It's like, no, nope. It's because you know, of this it, they should. This is exactly. this is ridiculous, yeah. over the top, awesome. This is what those even like you were talking earlier. This is what yeah. those even online, and Eve online like <laughs> yeah. This is what they've been enjoying for so long that wild players haven't really been able to experience. Bring some of that in, you know. Mm-hmm. And the griefers it's drama, yeah, drama and griefers like oh. that griefer guy. The story is there. It, th- there's a whole story. This isn't somebody who broke the rules. He broke people's confidence. He broke uh, the plan. But he's like a guy in a movie who just screws everybody. He's he's Edward Norton in the Italian Job. He's just he's, he, his alignment is evil. It's like if you're gonna play a TTRPG, maybe you're playing an evil character. Can't yeah. just do good shit if you're being an evil character. You gotta be evil. I love it, dude. And he's an evil he's an evil guy. So I think it's great. And we're and, not. Um, this isn't us saying we hope abuse is a thing. That's not the same. We're not saying that abuse uh, abuse of the world and the. Um, you know, that's fine. What I don't want is people, personal abuse is what I don't want in this, in these servers. And maybe this leads to that. So maybe it's a tricky, it's a sticky wicket, you know? Uh, I see the, I see the logic, but that that's, this is about, this is, this is that line where it's like personal responsibility versus the game world responsibility, right? Like yeah, yeah. you can enter into abusive relationships and you have to be on the lookout for them in real life. That's what your parents hopefully teach you. Yep. Stay away from bad influences or, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. And it's true and online. Like, you know, is that the video game developer's responsibility to put, you know, walls up around you? Really? Yeah. Wow, people have and been begging for... Does it tons. They re- not just Blizzard, like Snap. Snap has, like, Marvel Snap has, like, positive emotes and people use them to troll. To and troll. Be pissed off. Yeah. It's like... Hearthstone, You too. can't... You, you can't blame the people creating the environments 100%. Like, obviously, if they give people tools to be shitty, that's one thing. But, you know, there's a limit. Yeah. And I think I think definitely some game spaces have overstepped on that side of things. Sure. Because this is not Blizzard's responsibility. That's the guild's responsibility to vet who's in the guild. Well, welcome back. And- some moral amb- ambiguity to the game of World of Warcraft, everybody. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, it's still shitty, but you know, again, at least at least it's it's not terrorists. We're not talking about like you know harassment or, or abuses. This is this is just uh, you know an own right. And um, well, you know, this person, uh, you you make your bed, you sleep in it. This guy's having a great day today. Uh, Long term, he's probably not having a great life. No, you know that's. Yeah, small victory for a troll as yeah. it, it doesn't lead to a happy life. So just remember that. Uh, also, it makes a great story and now it exists forever. So nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another headline. Oh, we talked about this on Daily Tech News Show a bunch this week. It was really interesting deep dive. So if you haven't heard Wednesday's episode of DTNS or haven't heard that show before, you should probably check that out. But um, 87% of classic video games are critically endangered according to a brand new game study. The game study was basically designed to say, all right, how much how much stuff by the publishers, developers, or whoever owns the rights to this stuff is it being made available to players uh, in some reasonable way of getting it versus not? And it's much higher percentage of not than you think, 87% of games. Uh, now, you might say, well, hold on, I can sure, I can, I can pirate all kinds of old games. No, that's true. We're talking about above board access to these games. And that includes everything from Nintendo to defunct online games. Like I was thinking about the Matrix Online the other day. That's yeah. gone. It doesn't exist in some way that you can mess with it. Somebody somewhere may have the source code and could run a server. And maybe it they might do. Be a private server. There's a Star Wars Galaxy private server. City of Heroes private server. Right. But none of those, I, I shouldn't say none of those. Some of those are sanctioned, but most of them aren't. Most of them are doing it behind. They're at risk of getting shut down and DMCA'd any second. Yeah. And Nintendo's the worst at this. Like there are efforts, there are lots of preservation efforts happening over at archive.org. They have a ton, maybe the most largest collection of ROMs from the 8-bit, 16-bit, DOS, these these old eras. Um, They're there. And I think part of this... Part of this is like, think of it this way, like if Nosferatu, the the vampire movie, silent classic, okay? Let's say that that film was falling apart. It probably has at this point it's multiple times and they've, you know, it's probably a digital print now. But but anyway, you see that thing falling apart. What do you want to do? You want to restore it. You want to preserve it. You want to keep it. And I would argue video games are a form of art. In a lot of ways, the most collaborative form of art, but art nonetheless. And it would be great if we could preserve that stuff in a meaningful way. That isn't just, it's a product, get it while it's out. Oh, you missed it too bad. Like that attitude needs to go away. And we need to start looking at games. It's all the IP clawing that happens. Yeah. Because your shitty game, like Bonk's Adventure, could be a huge, you hold on to it because it could be a huge thing in 20 years. Maybe you're making Bonk's Adventure in VR or something like that. Yeah. From TurboGrafx-16, I think. Yeah. Or Bonk. Bonk was TurboGrafx, you're right. That was their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like they're just squat, they're IP squatting, which is you know what they should do, I suppose. But um, there needs to be rule, like you know, books get put into libraries; they're thought to enrich people's lives. Gamers play games; they're thought to enrich people's lives. Why not have them yeah. curated? There should be some. There should be some rules about li- archiving them, uh, and because we live in the internet age. Archive shit should be accessible without yeah. it feeling needing to be feel like a criminal. Like, yeah, you know, that's the big difference. Yeah, because if you yeah. looked at it from how much stuff is available in clandestine ways, it's the percentage is much better. But for above board, purely legal access, 
these yeah. companies really hold this stuff if, down. If they took the entire oeuvre of Game Boy games yeah. and made them playable online, Nintendo's not going to lose any sales. No. You know, like, you're not, it's not going to, like, this, there's this weird scenario where it's like, if we give it away for free, then they'll have all the entertainment they want. It's like hype. Uh, we've, we've learned, like, what, you know, hype and, and what's in the zeitgeist of this online discourse matters a lot and will drive sales and will keep people. I think it drives keep, sales. Keep money flowing. Yeah, sure. Like, if you go play, you go play uh, Advance Wars, the old one. You'll get a taste for it and go, ooh, I kind of want that new one now. I want the remake they just put out on Switch, and I'm willing they to spend can leverage it for market research. Sure, right? Yeah. Like you know, so, some uh, Rygar becomes uh, <laughs> played a lot or Master Blaster yep. or something. You know, they're like, shit, people really like a Master Blaster. What about a remake, dude? Master Blaster was awesome. It was one of the first games I ever played, like on NES. It was kind of open Atari. world in a weird way because it had like. Yeah, the it's kind of Zelda, right? But more Zelda than Zelda was at that time. Yeah. I would say, right? Good. You can kind of just go wherever, and yeah, that game's really good. Wait, is it Master Blaster, Blaster Master, Blaster Master? Okay, one Mas- of them's from one of them runs Mad Barter Mike. Town. <laughs> yeah, the other one is the NES game. I yeah. think it's Blaster Master. I think you're right because yeah, Master Blaster runs Barter Town. That's how that. Yeah, goes. that was a really unique one because you got to play as a car, but. That, that didn't really have an engine. It just kind of rolled and stopped. I don't know. It was neat. I it was it. really cool. And then you got on foot and shot stuff for part of it. It was a very cool game. Way ahead of its time. that game uh, We mentioned it earlier, but uh, Palia is uh, open beta in August. So watch for that. That should be interesting. HBO's Last of Us has the second most Emmy nominations this year with 24 total. That's a big mm-hmm. deal for a uh, prestige show based on a freaking damn video game. That includes best acting nominations for its two leads. Pedro Pascal and uh, uh, Jennifer Huha. I don't know her uh, name. I can't think Bella of it. Ramsey, uh, is her name? Bella Ramsey. That's it. Yep. Uh, deserved in both cases. Everybody's sad that Harrison Ford didn't get anything for his uh, 1922 thing. The 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 western that pre that's like another one of the prequel westerns to the to the Yellowstone show, which is really popular. And I guess he's very good in it. I have no doubt, but he didn't get nominated. In I hear from a lot of people Yellowstone is good. But Yellowstone's just... great, dude. Great. Mm. Highly recommend it. Although, I would say 1883 is the one you'll like more. Because 1883 is a prequel set in the 1800s with this same family just getting settled. And it's more of a true Western. Whereas Yellowstone is set modern-day Montana and is a Western, but not quite like justified pulled it off it's not quite that right right yeah. justified's a better show yeah. yeah i may yeah. i may get shit for that but i like it a lot no uh, for sure i can totally see that uh finally the wrestle quest game may oh yeah i'm excited about this so this wrestle wrestle quest um roguelike looking chibli looking it made me think thing. of john i was like oh shit they made a game yeah. specifically catering to every single taste bud that John has. <laughs> yeah I'm actually legit excited about this one this one looks really cool um, oops uh, sorry um, it's all uh, 2D sprites and stuff which I'm a fan of and um, anyway it just looks ridiculous turn based RPG but it's also wrestling yeah and so animated and- everything's moving like butter um, yeah, like it has, you know, it's got it's got its own modern two D two point five D treatment. 
It's got a lot. Of, I, I imagine these characters look like and are not the like the actual characters. Although I think I saw Diamond Dallas Page is in this, so I think maybe they actually have some real wrestlers in here. They might have some. Yeah, they may have some. I mean, the one guy was obviously Andre the Giant, but I don't know if they call him that. And like that guy, that drill, uh, the guy named Drill Instructor. That's obviously uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he's not officially Sergeant Slaughter, so yeah. he's Drill Instructor. Which I actually kind of like. I kind of like that. The stupid idea of like, here's Sergeant <laughs> Drill Sergeant, like just giving him a different name and getting away with it. I think that's funny. I just wonder what the story is going to be like, you know, like because it, it looks like it's fantasy adjacent, so it's going to have a story. You know, it's not just. Mm-hmm. It's not just a wrestling game, right? It's quests, wrestling quests. We're going yeah. on a quest. Yeah, it looks great. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it looks neat. Probably, I'm probably going to skip this one, but I, I wanted to mention it just in case it somehow missed you and John. So. I definitely will be playing it. Been on my radar for a bit. Um, okay, it's time for an email. You guys, pack pack up your shit because here it is. That's a good question. Here's this one that came to us at talktothecore@gmail.com. This goes out to Bo. It says. Listening to episode 373 with just you and John, in the episode you expressed some misgivings about Diablo 4, such as the time commitment to attain max level when experienced through the lens of a person with a normal schedule. Would you still consider the game to be a 10 out of 10 in that context, says Dog Bean? Yeah. Yeah? Still 10-10? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> like, like we're, we're talking about, you know, remember, my, my whole deal is like, is it great or is it okay or not like i have like a three grade scale even though we're using tens right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean who's doing it better <laughs> true how many arpgs like in the context of what that game is is it a big recommend or not it's like it's a huge recommend you should play it it's the biggest recommend it, in that zone in that genre right it, like right now you, the that's... game is not intended to hit and level 100 then you're at end game right the game is over at 100 the end game is 50 to 100 so you're perfectly at liberty to play the campaign and quit. So it's still a 10. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm having a moment of break from it, not, but not a negative one. I'm just not like dying to get in every day. And I'd still call it 10 out of 10. I mean, I'd take more, you know, my complaint is I want more main campaign, mm-hmm. more cinematics, but you know, that's coming. And maybe if it was standalone, I'd feel it was light on cinematics. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's still give it a 10. Like, I think it's still awesome. It's just an awesome game. Like, I, I don't, people, I feel like people put a really high bar on video games for this kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Cause, like, these, a lot of these are, are incredible. And they still, people, I guess, um, it's that thing what Chris Metzen says all the time. Like, geeks like to get together and just pick things apart. Yeah. You know, like, it's part of the culture just to, to do that. So when it comes to be review time, it's like, well, if you can find flaws in everything, like even the best movie, like I said, we like Hateful Eight, but it had that stupid song in it. I'm still <laughs> going to give it a 10. I'm not going to like, you know. Yeah, doesn't ding it. But if you, if, you, if you somehow get it in your head that criticism is a science and there are true answers and wrong answers, you know, like that's where you sort of like to, to me you veer off on the review thing because then you're you're just like it's all made up that will it's burn you out too you will burn out on that it's not scientific like yeah you know so it's like if i strongly like it then like it's a 10 and it can have all kinds of flaws in it you know that it's it, perfect 10 does not mean perfect right well unless you're talking like, unless you're talking mad max fury road then i think my 10 is perfect but i know that that's me that's subjective 
I don't think there's a thing wrong with that movie. Like, not one second of it is wasted. However, someone somewhere's got problems with it. And I'm fine with it. It's fine. Ten is like full erection. You know, like, it's just... Let's not quibble over the details. Like you know, if you're if you're, that's where you that zone, if that's the zone you're in, that's the zone you're in. Like you know, that's and that's what I mean. I have a full raging enthusiasm for the product. I recommend it wholeheartedly to, to people, even people who aren't into it. Um, you know, I, it's not a measurable science. You're not like mm, some of the sound effects were good. Nine point sixty two. Yeah. You know, like it's that's why like six point five for heroes is such a meme. Like it's so stupid. It is stupid. It's a great game. Like just give it a ten. Give it a ten and call it good. Yeah. God, uh, I wonder what that guy or girl's doing who wrote that? I was going to tell you a stupid joke I heard. Um, speaking of tens, it was a joke. It was an Excel joke, and it goes, "My girl is a ten, but Excel thinks she's in October." Yeah, I know that's that's a pretty good Excel joke, actually. It's not bad. I don't even know where I heard yeah. of it. It made me laugh. So. You know, it's a good one. I, I love Excel humor. I know spreading how Excel that works. Uh, here is a text from Greg T. These texts come to us at 801-471-0462. Greg says, will the next Switch be a folding portable console? Nintendo Switch Flip or Nintendo Switch SP? Nintendo Switch Portable, whatever. If so, would that make it more appealing than the other simply based on how small the form factor would be, says Greg T. Uh I really like the 3DS and DS before it, but they were novelty in a lot of ways. And I don't think I want, unless both screens are the same size and large, and that somehow works, then maybe you've got me there. But that's one of the other things that makes preserving games hard is when Nintendo tries to do something weird with hardware. It makes it harder for those games to carry forward. Nobody's, you know, there's a ton of great games on the DS or the 3DS, but they don't port those. Well, why? Well, because you can't play them the same. They had a second screen and a stylus, and you'd fiddle around with that, and it was just part of most games. It was baked into those mm-hmm. games to play that way. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, less, they're less compelling in the long run and, and are so exclusive to the time that they were current. And it kind of bums me out. But I, but I think something could be done, and maybe they will, but I doubt it. I, I, my money is on the Switch. The next version of the Switch will be a more refined, thinner, more powerful device that's a single screen. You know, This is the format, I think, is what I they're going to do. I think knowing Nintendo, they'll be tempted to meddle because they, they have a history of meddling in that yeah. way, right? Innovating, maybe, we can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Innovating slash meddling, but most they're limiting their product line because not everybody's going to want to develop for their weird second screen or weird things, right? Right. And keep in I mind, they're not making separate portables anymore. That's the other important thing to remember. This is meant to plug into your television. And if they do another generation and, and a revamp of all of this, they're not going to want to go with a tall aspect ratio or something that isn't 16 by 9 because... This is their console now. There is no Game Boy device and console device. It is one thing that docks. What if you know? What if it does a bit of both, right? Like, what if it is just the Switch, like you know, but too powerful? But like, there's also like like a bandana you can plug into it or something that does something weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or you know, like so, so for the optional games that use it, they'll have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they could still do something gimmicky, but keep the main, f- the base 
intact and not disrupt their business. Yeah. I think they're, I just think it's dangerous for them. What if and it's they, Nintendo VR? They do have a problem with the every other. They're like Star Trek movies. They're yeah, good Virtual Boy 2. Yeah, oh my gosh, dude. Can you imagine? I'm actually a little surprised Nintendo hasn't tried to do something mainstream with, with some form of VR now, given that they had interested in the past. It was too soon. The Virtual Boy was stupid. But it was a beginning of something, and now now we can do it. Maybe, maybe it's a switch. So you plug it into your TV. You can play it handheld. But the other thing you can do with it is you can clip it to your belt and put on a headset. Yeah, yeah. And then you can get four switches together and play four player Mar- Super Mario VR. Do you see that Palmer Lucky interview? He's kind of a chode, but he said something yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's got bad politics, but he still is the innovator. Uh, yeah, pushing he's an interesting guy to hear talk about VR in particular, but he's kind of a pud. But anyway, he was talking yeah. about um, he really likes Apple's Vision yeah. Pro side pack, keep it in your pocket power. And he's like, mm-hmm. we, I push for that at Oculus over and over and over. We want to have this as a separate dangling thing that would be all our battery there. And so in the headset... All that weight goes away. No battery weight to worry about. You just have a, a good functioning thing, and you can replace the one on your side and all this. And he was super into it, and he was like really happy to see that Apple was doing that. And I hadn't really thought of that perspective before, but the headset design itself gets so much lighter and uh, just fits lighter better. better. I, I, I agree, having used my Quest now quite a bit, it gets heavy sometimes. Like yeah. it slips, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beast. I would like it to weigh less. I would take it. It's not a deal breaker for me, yeah. but I would definitely prefer it to weigh the least amount possible for sure. Quest 3 is supposed to be better with that distribution, so maybe we'll, we'll see how that yeah, goes. Yeah, but it's still not doing the belt power pack, though. Right? No, that's true. It's still distributed like on the head, but I guess they have some of it on the sides and near the back, or I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's still they're still working away at it. We haven't we don't have the perfect product yet, but um, yeah, I liked Palmer's take on VR too. I thought because I was kind of remember how I poo pooed it on the show, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Bo, listen, it's Apple," mm-hmm. and his the way he explained it just made it sort of make sense. Like it's 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 all the guys who have the disposable income and who love the Apple products that are going to make this. Yeah, they're going to get it, and then they're going to make it seem awesome. And then they'll make an affordable one mm-hmm. after. Like the, it's, yeah. it's the enthusiasts era right now. And yes, they prefer mail and 2D games. And all, they don't even care. It's got Apple on it. Yeah, they don't care. Buying it. They yeah. just want something that gives them a crazy interface that's like, wow, a new way to compute, blah, blah, blah. They're not there for, you know, the latest. And Palmer's take was just that, like, it normalizes it further. So it's fine. Like, it, 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 it's at, at that price point, it's for those people. Yeah. And they can afford to normalize it. It's a, it's a, honestly, it's a bit like the iPod. The original iPods yeah. were expensive compared to the competition yeah. by a lot, but they they expanded that business. They got smaller, cheaper, and by the end, it's they were the cheapest one you could get. But I mean, I'm still yeah. mad there's no uh, headphone jacks in my iPhone. But <laughs> yeah. the st- I've got, I guess I'm I've gotten in, over I'm, it. It's I just, their world. I'm just living in it. You know what I mean? I just do all... Bluetooth now, it just doesn't even. Th- I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Well, I I have analog still, but you can just buy a converter for like twenty bucks. Like it's it's no big deal. I don't even notice it. Like you just buy a converter. Uh, what is it? Lightning. The Lightning 3.5. to to three point no five adapter. Yeah, like yeah. A, you know, it's not even. It's like it's, it's a super non issue, and um, 
but you know, it's not like they were like, oh shit, we shouldn't have done that. Let's reverse. They're like, man, we're just going to keep doing it the way we want to do it. And y'all are going to keep buying our products. So I remember know. when everyone lost their minds when they got rid of floppy drives on the IMAX in 97, everyone lost their minds. They're like, how can you get rid of the floppy drive? They're like, we don't think it's going to be viable very much longer. And it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate to give them that credit, but they were right. It went away. And not just Max, PCs dumped floppies very quickly after that. One thing Sorry. customers have a hard time with, and I include myself in this, is because, you know, there's like the customer's always right. The customer knows what they like. How dare they piss us off? Mm-hmm. But they're the experts and they know what's coming down the pipe, whereas as customers don't. Like, we, like, you know, like we know what we like now, but we don't know what we'll like five years from now because we don't, we're not part of those people. We're not in those meetings. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. They're designing what's coming up down the pipeline. So if they say like, hey, floppies are out because we're not going to need it in five years. We can see that far ahead. Right. They're probably right. Yeah. You know, usually they're right. USB was another thing they did with that device. And everyone's like, what is this? This is too new. Nobody knows what USB Mm -hmm. is. And before you knew it, that was a standard and still is a standard. And I'm not saying they know how to predict the future, but they're not stupid either. They know what they're doing. Well, I mean, they, they create the environments and solve the problems backwards from there too, right? So it's like, that's where it's a little unintuitive for customers. It's yeah. like, I'm unhappy. Aren't you in the business of making me happy? They're like, yes, but in the way we choose yeah, is basically, you know, the way we foresee and plan. So yeah, I think, uh, anyways, just, we got on the VR tangent, hard to bring up VR without me getting into it, but no. just, you're right. That was a good interview with Palmer for sure. It was. His hair is real dumb though. His hair is stupid. Have you seen his hair? You know, it's stupid. There's a there's a lot about him that's pretty goofy. Yeah, it's not my favorite <laughs> his, thing. His picture on the cover of Time Magazine, you know, not great. Uh, here's a question. So I have a mashup today, but I didn't. I wasn't thinking about this um, because we're not going to have one next week because Jamie's got some stuff he wouldn't have one anyway. Should I save this for John when he's here? I should probably save I mean, this. It's, probably. It's always nice when John's here so we can all enjoy together. That's yeah. my instinct. Mashups feel like the three three guys need to be here for that. I mean, we can just make our own. Uh, hey, this hey, uh, bee's up? dick's pretty nasty. <laughs> uh, bee's dick, you should have seen the toilet. I left a giant shit in it. It was shaped like a piece of pecan pie. Yep. Like, whoa, pecan pie? Yeah, pecan pie. Yep. Poo. Then, yep, bee's then, dick. Back to bee's dick. Then bee's dick, and then the music kicks in. Oh, what's that's you, the wrong one. That's not You it. think a bee ever accidentally put their stung someone with their dick rather than their stinger? Oh, you're so crazy. Who voted for that one? Oh, it was Bo. Yeah, there's this music. It's going to, oh, this is that's Marvel Snap music. You like it any more or less these days? The Snap music, <laughs> I still hate it. Dude. It's pretty bad. Please, Ben, please. It's kind of bad. although I'm not playing Snap anymore since Diablo 4 came out, so it's affecting my life a lot less. Ben Bro, speaking of Ben Brody, that dude posts like wild over on threads. He's into it, he likes it there. He's in the thread, he likes the threads, he likes the that's threads. Great. I like the threads too, minus like three features that I think are crucial, and I don't know why they're dragging their feet. It's the for you page, man. Fix the for you page and you're gold. Yeah, you're a lot. You go. It goes a long way to finish that first. Then give me a desktop client. Then give me uh, and let me edit. <laughs> There'll be no APIs though. You still still rip on the tweet deck side of things. Oh, that's true. What yeah, that all went to shit this week anyway. So yeah, I guess Reddit's, win- uh, yeah. Reddit's winning too. Reddit. Reddit is uh, how is Reddit doing? Reddit's all right. Well, they're getting rid of their APIs and stuff too. They're charging for it. Oh, and that's so what caused the blackout. A big, yeah. A big, yeah, big blackout. And I don't. I think they're going to hold fast to that. Really? They've, they're like, if you're a mod and you're blacking out, uh, we're just going to remove your mod status. Give it to someone else. 
Yeah, it kind of is an empty threat when you say, I'm not going to let, I'm going to shut down my group. It's like, well, yeah, but we own the site, so we can move you out. I mean, that may not be good PR, but yeah. it's not they're like. They're probably assessing the PR reaction. I don't, I don't think people care that much about Reddit. I think Reddit, I think Reddit's more important, is important, but I think people actually don't care about it that much. I think Reddit mm-hmm. is a time, is a, like a gap filler, at least for me. I don't go to Reddit unless I'm like, stuck somewhere and need something to read then i go to reddit it's not at my first stop i'll go to reddit when i need video game answers because there's usually a lot more discussion there than other sources yeah yeah i've been doing that less i think i I go to youtube for for a lot of that stuff these days that's true um, sometimes i just want a written guide though i don't want to watch a guy go hey guys today i'm gonna plug in my thing and then push the deal first of all thanks for being here don't forget to like, you know, that whole bit rigmarole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not no, that they're all like that. I know there are plenty of channels who really know how to bang out a rad video and do it in a way that's like efficient. We're in there. Let's go. But well, the ones that usually just, I'll, I'll scan the comments first because the comments will be scathing if it's not good. Yeah. You get the answers you want. But yeah, um, I mean, it's not that I don't use Reddit, but I just find I'm not using Reddit that much right. personally. So I just I'm like, it's so. a it's a it's a gap filler that's why i say it's important i don't think we value it enough but Mm. i don't i don't think we value it enough for the whole world to like shut it down i think it's just the mods that are i think they're gonna lose is what i'm trying to say yeah i think you're right a lot of them already relented so yeah just is what it is uh all right well we're gonna hold that mashup jamie if you're hearing this uh a huge thanks for your hard work and we will just hold it another week so john can be here and uh hear us play it live on the show uh i do want to thank some brand new patrons one of these guys is a good friend and I cannot believe his name is on here. Um, he doesn't even really play that much video games, but guy Kunis joined us. Do you know this guy's name? Do you know guy? So guy Kunis, he lives in France, British guy. He helped run blizzard stuff over there. He was like with Patrick and them. Oh, when Patrick. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Patrick had some time with blizzard. Yeah. Yep. And guy Kunis would come out every year to BlizzCon, come to the States and I would get to hang out with him. And he is one of my favorite people on this planet. So hearing that he is supporting oh, our show is wow. just like one of the coolest things. I love it. He thinks our show is great. He told me this via text, but but just seeing his name here just made me happy. So Guy, welcome to the thing. The Thank show. Thank you so the much for providing your support. That means a lot. Yeah, man. it means a whole lot to to all of us. It means a lot from everyone. But you know, it's helping make my dream come. I've been doing the we've been doing the show a long time, and I finally get to do it full time. Yeah, and we're getting we're thanks. getting to a cool it's place exclusively thanks to core patrons. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, you guys are awesome. Also, Mister Postman, Eric Coin, Ben Lee, and Xantar, they all joined us this week as well to support the show. If you'd like to do so, patreon.com slash core show is the place to do it. It's July, which means I'm putting up a special host episode for the month. Um, I don't want to leak what it is, but I have a really cool idea. So I'll talk about that soon and have that posted soon. Actually, um, you'll never get commercials on the show either. You'll get pre-show content every week, monthly benefits like art that I've drawn and sent out to everybody. I think my latest is a link thing or Something. I have a question about that. So when you say no commercials, that's for patrons on the patron feed. Correct. Patrons only. Okay. So if you so if you listen to the I'm, show normally, you might get an ad here and there. 
if you hate ads entirely, the way to do it I is mis- to get- I misinformed your audience last week. I was like, it's core. No commercials ever on the show. And then some people reached out to me like, there's commercials on my show. No, they yeah. They're, what, it, what it means is if you sign up for the Patreon feed and, and you get your own exclusive feed, those n- yeah. never have an ad ever on those. On That's, that it's a great system. Uh, we use it everywhere. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that, uh, everybody, for supporting us over there. It means a great deal to us. Again, it is patreon.com slash core show. I think that's it, man. I think we're well, done. Listen, I it's almost 11 p.m. my time. That means uh, Diablo tell four. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was gonna say, but yeah, you're, it's kind of true, right? Uh, I mean, you know me so well, Scott. Yeah, um, I'm gonna try that zombie no. survivors tonight. But other than that, I'm yeah, I'm just. Oh, what I was gonna say was um, that means. Now all the suspicions on me for making the show longer than it needs to be. Oh, it might be you. Well, okay, now hold on then. I was the common factor <laughs> in both last week and this week's show. Yeah, but isn't it worth? Okay, so if John and I get together, I need to take it. a week off and see what you two. If you two like, just get into a bloody argument about Final Fantasy and quit the show early because you can't stand the sight of each other. Yeah, then I'll know it's me. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I love that because. Um, I don't know. We we would have to make sure we didn't try to screw with it, you know, to make yeah, it subconsciously. Too much I think you'll for John won't forget. You might. There's a chance you could forget because yeah, there's a lot going busy on. Guy, yeah. there's a lot going on for you. Had a lot of diarrhea and plumbing issues to work through. <laughs> you can't remember everything. But um, thankfully, that's uh, over now. Thankfully, but uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I'm the common factor, so we'll have to. Anyways, it's just curious. It's just interesting to know. We'll we'll save it. I, I I've been, had a pretty good track record showing up for the show, so who knows when I'll miss? But yeah, we never know. Been. Yeah, well, especially if you're gonna full time it, and we'll probably have all kinds of extra stuff we can do. So we'll we'll let you guys know as time goes on. Real quick, we don't have Grandma here, so I'm just gonna tell you what we played. Uh, real quick, Final Fantasy 16, Dave the Diver, Octopath Traveler, Two, Ghosts of Tsushima, and Coffee Golf are all my games. Bo played uh, D4 and, of course, his heroic run with his rogue. He's at level 90. And also played around with Tailspire and Dungeon Alchemist, two ways of making cool stuff for your tabletop RPGs. Uh, John uh, came in here and said stuff. I can't remember what he said. Oh, Dave the Diver and, uh, oh, and uh, Halls of uh, Torment. Halls of Torment. Which is very good. If you want one of them survivor likes, go go check it out. Uh, That is it for us, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Thank you all for listening. Go play some games this week, and we'll talk about them next week right here on Core. Get more at frogpants.com. Oh, Jesus.